Brand new podcast, everybody, and I'm sitting across my man cave from my very angry wife. Is she angry? Is she angry because the Birdie Boy World Tour kicks off this week in Burlington, Vermont? No. Is she angry about Dayton, Ohio, which is the night after, or is it, or is it Rochester that's the night after, then Dayton? No. Is she angry because she's eating lean proteins and greens? Well, my family eats pizza. Yes. Her family's eating pizza. And Taco Bell. Are you going to cry? I'm not going to cry, but I have to tell you, I'm kind of overeating chicken and broccoli. Yeah. Especially while you eat pizza and Taco Bell. There's some kind of serious injustice in that. Are you afraid that if you ate... So Leanne, so those of you who don't know, Leanne has a personal trainer who is kicking her ass in her, a very good way. Her first week, she lost six pounds. She's drinking over a gallon of water every day. She's eating only lean proteins and greens. Yes, and like her, dark greens. And her weight loss has curtailed. Yes, it actually hasn't. He told me today it hasn't curtailed. It's just doing what a normal person does. That no normal person loses six pounds in a week. Normal people <laughs> lose like a pound a week. I know. So he told me now I'm losing like six ounces every other day which is still like four pounds a week and um but how i lost six pounds a week is by eating lean protein and greens and so i gotta keep eating lean protein and greens but i'm starting to feel as of today um by the way i'm only like 11 days in (laughs) 11 days is a long time to run a diet like that but i'm feeling like this is the rest of my life like, I'm never, ever, ever going to be able to eat pizza again, ever. That's why I don't quit drinking. I said that to Bill. Bill said the other day, he goes, I could never, I might be done for good. And I went, hold on. Why would you think that way? You don't want to have a party one night? Yeah, what did he say? I don't remember. I wasn't listening. Uh, you were just processing your own. I was processing my own panic of going, never? Never's a long time. He's been texting me. I said, my response to him, he's been texting me all day. Hold on. Um, he has been texting me all day, apparently, on the podcast. I said, I like to think every day is a party. And he's like, that's how your brain works? Oh my God. It is how your brain works. Every day is a party. Yes. And, I, and by the way, I eat healthy so I can eat like shit. When do you eat healthy? Hold on. Taco Bell what? No, I ate like shit today because I've been eating really healthy. I've been doing very good on my weight loss. Okay. I'm working out twice a day. I'm burning 40. You are working out I'm like a I'm burning beast. over 4,000 calories a day. Yeah, you are. I'm drinking a gallon of water. Mm-hmm. I've cut back on my booze consumption except for last night. Except for last night. No comment. And uh, um, and and so I, but I, I don't believe in not having a couple fun days. I know. I was talking to somebody last night at your rap party. I was like, Bert, Bert's modus operandi is making memories. It's not actually, I don't think, partying. It's making, it's having an experience that turns into a story. That's what he wants every day. I want that. Well, that's why I, that's how I make my money too. I mean, I, we, we were, I was just talking, today's podcast is with Steve Trevino. It's with Steve, right? <laughs> it's with Steve Trevino. And, and we, uh, you know, we talk a little bit about, we both do a couple things very similar in our careers. One is, 
a version or, or some not of the wait staff raffle and uh, another is partying at bars with the fans yeah and um i mean even when he said that i have distinct memories of calgary i have distinct memories of australia being in 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 uh in melbourne and going to that bar i have distinct memories of those things that i'll never forget and i i love those i i they're seared in my brain because they were awesome events i love that i don't understand how like i was telling them I, tom does this tom is, gets on the show and then goes home man the show's like the show's just part of it for me part of it's like memories that you know bill's talking i just spent the day with bill yesterday so i bring up bill a bunch on this podcast but i spent the day with bill so i we'd had talked a lot and so but bill flies helicopters i could see myself flying helicopters for the views because he's like you get beautiful views i bet and i was like oh i could totally get in i mean i have a couple times on planes where i remember the sunrise, like a beautiful sunrise coming up on a plane, flying from New York. I remember one sunrise vividly flying from New York to Tampa when I was a young comic. Oh, yeah? I remember that sunrise. It was so pretty. This is before everyone had phones, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah. And I just remember looking at it going, I don't ever want to forget this sunrise. I remember one time when I was on Travel Channel, we flew a private jet from um, from Portland to Portland. And there was thunderstorms in the sky. And I was looking out the sky drinking going, I'll never forget these thunderstorms. I'll never forget it. I mean, memories for me are, are what I'm, is what defines me. That's why I love sunsets. That's why I love, that's why I love cocktails. That's why I love when people go, you want to go get a drink? I go, oh, we're about to crack open some memories. You have New Year's Eve syndrome. Uh, I, does that mean? Tell me, I mean, you know me better than me, but like, I tell you what I do have. What? I have like, uh, I think this is why I like touring so hard. Yeah. Because I love planning the trip to Hawaii. I love packing. I just said this the other day. I love packing for Hawaii. I love getting to the hotel. I like getting in our room. I like the first day getting breakfast for the first time. I like getting down to the beach for the first time. I like the second day when you go down to the beach. I like going to the bar at 7 o'clock when you and the girls are getting ready, and I'm going to meet you downstairs for dinner. I love going to the bar and having a drink by myself and then seeing you guys come down for dinner. I loved it when the girls were little girls. I hate with a passion. I hate packing up to go home. Yeah. When I hear you go, girls, are your bags packed? We should pack them tonight so we don't have to worry when we get done with the pool tomorrow. That depresses me more than anything Hmm. and this is why i like touring and this is why i'm so excited for the birdie boy world tour because i get all of that and then when i get done i'm ready to be done yeah because it's so long yeah it's it's so awesome like we're just looking at this we're looking at this soup i haven't announced it but it doesn't really matter i will announce it but by the way there's a lot of secrets coming on this podcast there's a lot of things i haven't announced that i have in the plans i have in the works um one of them being, we're, we know we're planning a tour to, back, back to Europe uh, this this fall. Yeah. And they just gave me a list of possible dates. Yes, I saw them. And I got so excited. You did? I was like, yeah, because I want to shoot a, a series. Yeah. I want to shoot a story. Uh, yeah, of course. I want to have a film crew go with me, and I want to shoot the whole thing. But I know, I know that I'll be so excited the day we leave, the day we pack. But with the thing about a tour is the day I wrap, is even better than the day I started. 
Yeah. So like the last show of that, will and I'm and getting to go home the next day is the greatest part of a tour. God, I wonder if that's why I love stand up so much. Because it's all the fun I have in a vacation, but I don't get any depression. Hmm, maybe. I guess you just got to stop taking vacations. I mean, I think about it sometimes, how fucking lucky I am. Yeah. That like, I can just hang out with Steve Trevino for an afternoon mm-hmm. and 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 I, I can make money doing that. And yeah. I can just talk to him for an hour and a half, two hours, or whatever it was. It's so great. I love this podcast. I really do love this podcast. Yeah, I know you do. I'm a very happy man right now. Can you tell? Yeah. Do you know why? Because two things, have, big things have been taken off your plate. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I got a big thing coming up and I'm excited for it. Yeah, it's good. I'm so excited to go to Burlington, Vermont. I, I've never been more excited to go to one place in my entire life. Really? Yeah, I've only been to Vermont once and I just went skiing. Did I ever tell you that story? Yes, you did. Okay. I guess I won't share it you, you told it on a podcast. I'll tell it uh, then. No one will hear it. So I, uh, and I, I'm obsessed with maple syrup. Yeah. I don't know if I'll see much of that in Vermont, but I'd like to go to a maple How syrup. How are we in Vermont? I don't think we're there that long, are we? You're coming with me. Yeah, I know. I would like to do, there's a lot of things I want to do. My One of my favorite bands, Fish, is from Vermont. Mm-hmm. Burlington, to be exact. Mm-hmm. I have so much stuff. I want to get Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I want to go to the Burton, Burton factory. I want, there's so much stuff I want to do in Vermont. I can't fucking wait. I've never toured in Vermont my entire life. That's my entire exciting. career. I never went to Vermont. It was just one of those places that wasn't, they didn't have a funny bone, they didn't have a comedy club, and I never got to go to Vermont. Very cool. I've been to Dayton before. I can't wait to go to Dayton. I'm going to go to, we talk about Dayton on this podcast. I'm going to go to Sure Shots. We talk about Sure Shots. Yo, Sure Shots, if you're hearing this, if anyone knows anyone at Sure Shots, I am coming by after the show. I will tell all my fans we're drinking at Sure Shots and we are going to fucking plug that hole up. Yeah. That is fucking, that sounded gross and that sounded offensive almost, but Sure Shots is fucking awesome. Get the hot dogs ready, people. Um, I have a Sure Shots sweatshirt that I wear. Do you? Did you throw it away? I don't know. You um, have so many sweatshirts. I don't know. But yeah, I can't wait. And then uh, Rochester, I've I've never been to Rochester. No? Mm-mm. San Jose, I've been to. Um, Sacramento. Uh, Sacramento, I love Sacramento. Mm. I love Sacramento. Um, and I've never performed in Bakersfield. I'm so excited. Corn's from Bakersfield. That's, That's the week cool. after. And then I think, and then what, what are the dates? <laughs> Fucking. What are the dates after that? Let me see if I can bring them up real quick. So then right after that, I go to Indianapolis. We've added a show there. Evansville, Indiana. Louisville, Kentucky. Medford, Massachusetts. We've added two shows. Mash Nantucket, we've added a show. Portland, Maine. I can't believe I'm getting to go to Portland, Maine. Yeah. I've been to Portland, Maine. Can I one of my favorite memories? Memories? If we're talking about memories. Yeah. By the way, I'll get to the podcast. If we're talking about memories, one of my favorite memories I've, you know that you know that for some reason, sauna and polar plunge just fucking sets me right. Uh huh. Polar plunge has always set me right. Ice yeah. cold water cleans my head. Yeah. We we spent the night at a lighthouse, mm-hmm. and we got down to the boat, and the, the boat was parked offshore by about like fifty yards, maybe. And I said, "Why don't we just?" swim it and they're like it's Maine it's cold as shit and I was like I think it would wake us up so the guy I was with I can't remember his name 
He was from Tennessee. He was from Portland, Tennessee. I can't remember his name. I wish I did right now. He had a broken collarbone. It was for trip flip. Yeah. Me and him, I'm going to say got naked. I don't remember if he did, but I know I definitely did. And we swam out to the boat 50 yards in ice cold fucking water in Maine. And we got on the boat and I just started drinking. And I had so much fun on that fucking boat ride. And it was, I was ice cold. Everyone's wearing jackets and I was ice cold and I was just in a, a towel and we were drinking vodka and Sprite, me and this guy, and we were just singing songs. Such a great fucking time. I hope that, I hope my funeral is going to be good. I want a funeral. I don't want to just do some, even if I die in a real tragic way, I want a funeral. Yeah. I do want a funeral. You want a party? Yeah. Cause I don't want, I, it bums me out that no one gets funerals anymore. Why do you think no one gets funerals? I don't know. I haven't been to one in a while. We we went to my grandmother's funeral recently. Well, old people get funerals. I want. Uh, what? Who? Like, what are you know. talking about? Croy didn't do a funeral. That's a little bit different. I guess yeah, but like I want a funeral. I definitely, well, I definitely want a funeral. Yeah. And I want it to be long. Like I want people to be like, oh, this is gonna be like a four hour fucking. Should funeral. there be wailing? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, people should be wailing and maybe writhing on the floor. Like inconsolable. I hope Tom lives long enough to see it go to my funeral. You hope so? Yeah, I think I'm going to outlive him. Why do you think that? I just look at his lifestyle, you know? Tom? <laughs> Today's podcast is brought to you by Bert. Go to BertBertBert.com and get the new tour shirt, the Birdie Boy World Tour. It kicks off. That's enough. I could re I could amble. I could just bullshit with you for a fucking hour, woman. Yeah. I really could. I love you so much. I love you too, babe. Do you know how much I love you? I think I have an idea. I don't think you really understand it completely. But yeah, I understand. I got it. This is my impression of me, Georgia, and Isla at your funeral. Ready? Girls, we are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yes. I know that was on my podcast on my wife at the party. We were kind of bullying Kathy because she hasn't had a physical in like seven years. And that's one of the things I said. One of the reasons I got a physical after I had kids was because I thought I can't leave my children here with Bert. If I die and Bert is in charge, I'm fucked. You so I better fucked. go get a physical. This is, me, this, is my another, this is my impression of me and George Riley at your funeral. Fuck. Has anyone fed the animals in a week? <laughs> God, Dad, that was your job. No, that was Mom's job. Um, today's podcast is with uh, my buddy Steve Trevino. I'm saying his name the right way. Steve, you could say Steve, Steve Trevino, but it's Steve Trevino. Uh, he is a Mexican American. He is a stand-up comedian. We first met when Leanne was pregnant with Isla mm -hmm. in Miami. In Miami. By the way, one of the parts I never told him about that story that is really interesting: the day Leanne was flying in. I was at that hotel. Uh, it wasn't the nice one. It was one to the left that kind of looked like a pirate ship. Yeah. And they had a sauna in there. I love sauna. I've always loved saunas. So I'm in the sauna. I'm in my bathing suit. I was getting in the sauna. I was in my bathing suit, jumping in the pool, getting back in the sauna. And a girl came in. I've told this story before, but a girl came in with shell top Adidas sneakers. By the way, I don't think any detail in this story is ever going to change. It's very accurate. No socks, shell top Adidas sneakers, and a bathing suit. And she was like, uh, really, kind of really hot. But it was weird that she got into the sauna with sneakers on. Yeah. And that kind of rubbed me wrong. Yeah. And she was like, uh, you got to, uh, you staying at the hotel? I went, yeah, you? And she goes, no. 
she goes oh yeah she was like uh you got a room and i was like yeah she's like you want to go back there with me and i was like no in my head i wanted to go you're wearing sneakers with no socks in a sauna right like you i think you're a disgusting person <laughs> as pretty as you may be that was my first thing second is my wife's on her way here right. second is i'm married yeah like that was on my list but number one was you're wearing sneakers in a sauna with no socks that's good your There's, priorities are in order yeah i, I was like what the fuck <laughs> crazy that girl's probably dead all right today's podcast uh is when that's when i met steve trevino we worked at the Miami Improv together, and it was one of the hardest weeks of my life. We talk about that here. He also worked with a guy that I work with all the time, Jesus Trejo. That's not how you pronounce it. That's with a burp in it. Jesus Trejo. We talk about a little bit of that. We talk a lot about uh, Mexican. We talk a lot of inside baseball stuff about selling tickets, about ticket prices, about comedy clubs. We talk a lot of inside baseball about how we look at this business. That is... Look, you know me, and you know that's one of my passions is comedy. I fucking love every, not just jokes. I love this business. I'm fascinated by this business. A lot of inside baseball stuff. And then we talk about what it's like to be a Mexican-American in comedy. And it's absolutely eye-opening because, you know, I know it's when you think of all the opportunities you've gotten, and then you think what it's like to be a Mexican-American, how sometimes they put you in a certain category. And if you're not that guy, you don't work in that category. It's really eye-opening. We talk a little bit about Carlos and his experience with Carlos and what that was like. It's a great conversation. He's on the road. He's going to be in Sacramento the week I'm in Sacramento. He'll be at the punchline, and I'm going to be somewhere, but we're going to go party there, and I will tell you what bar we're going to be at. And if you want to come and say hi when we do Sacramento, that's in two weeks. Uh, you can. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I'm going to say it like they did in Miami, and I'll, you'll hear this again on the podcast. Put your hands together for Steve Trarino and Burt Kreischer. <laughs> this is my um, test. Wait, when did you move to Texas? I uh, here, pull that as close to your face, like, uh, the, like a yeah, couple perfect. years ago. Well, yeah, what, what was the what happened? It's my home, man. I know, but what, you like, know? what what was the it, everyone wants to leave? The, well, dude, the only thing I loved about LA was late nights at the comedy store. Yeah, you know, it was bros, real motherfuckers hanging out, right? Yeah, other than that, I hated everything. I, I mean, literally everything. <laughs> Yeah. And then people would be like, well, don't you love the weather? And then when it was shitty weather, I'm like, well, f there goes fucking everything. <laughs> you know, and then I had a kid, had a little boy, and I just wanted to be close to my parents. Yeah. You know, I make enough money now that I can be anywhere at any time. Yeah. You know, and a flight from Austin to LA is two and a half hours. Are you in Austin? You know, I'm south of Austin. Where yeah, are you at? A town called New Braunfels, Texas. I know New Braunfels. Yeah, I man. knew New Braunfels very well. They have a big German festival Yo, there every dude, year. The fucking biggest. It's one of the funnest things dude, I've it, ever been to. It's amazing, right? Worst and they've fest? got they've got uh Slitterbond. Slitterbond. Slitterbond's got the technology of Master Blaster was invented dude, by the people amazing. at Slitterbond. Yeah. Slitterbond is a really fucking amazing water park. So it's it's two and a half hours from my family. I'm smack dab in the middle between Austin and San Antonio. So when I you know, we're on the road, man. We're yeah. we're fucking flying out. We're 
Are you, you torn know, a lot right now? Every week. That's how I make my money, man. I'm, you, that's, you, know, you know what? Someone said to me, man, you're really torn a lot. And I was like, yeah, this is what I do for a living. <laughs> right. like, I, I'm always blown away when people are <laughs> like, when you go on the road like almost every week, you're like, uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's what I do. How, yeah, that's what I, it's my job. Right. Like, it's my job. Yeah. Ari Shafir told me that. He's like, you. we're trying to do this grid to find out when we're available right, right. so we can do something. And uh, so everyone put in their dates and I'm, dude, I'm, I'm asking to add dates. Like I'm, right, right. I get like June and July off. I take June and July off usually. Right, right. I take the, I take the winter off uh, oh. usually like Thanksgiving. And then I try to stay home for Christmas parties yeah, so I can I hunt wish. and fish. I hunt and fish. So, you know, I have my ranch and I hunt and I fish and those are the months that I want really time, you know so wait tell me about life in texas it's fucking home man you i say love ranch it, is that like do you have like land 700 acres are you serious and, and i hunt it and we you know we're managing it so we're always hunting pigs and and i take my son with me man and how's your, your kid three he's four four and it's just like it's home it's chill fucking parking spots are huge <laughs> right grocery store aisles are huge <laughs> People are fucking nice. Like, as soon as I get into L.A., I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. Dude, I... Somebody's going to be a dipshit. Somebody's going to be a fucking it's dick. It's such... It's such... It, I wonder how it it weighs on your soul sometimes. Dude, I, look, it fucks me up, man. And, you know, I, it's funny. I, I got to bring this up. Everywhere I go, they're like, you and Bert. Yeah. Steve, you and Bert are my favorite. <laughs> yeah, it was always you. Like, you and Bert. Yeah. I'm like, well, why? And they're like, because you're fun with the staff. You treat us well. Yeah. You know, and and you always take care of us, you know, and and because I, I don't know about you, I worked at a comedy club, and yeah. I remember when the comics would come through town. I remember, I remember, and they'd be shitty, and I'd be like, "Why are you being a dick, dude? We're so happy to have you." I worked the door at the Boston Comedy Club, and I remember comics would come up, park, throw me my key, their keys, and make go make sure I don't get a ticket, and then I'd be like. Hey man, I'm a comic also. Like I know that I'm working. I'm gonna the door. do this. Yeah, but like just so you know, I wrote you down on the list. I got a list in my head. <laughs> right, right, right. All those bad motherfuckers go on I the write list. Motherfucker. Holy shit, man! One, one thing comics have is a fucking memory. It's crazy too because uh, we both had big. We both had big openers or he headliners we worked with that kind of our relationship with them went sideways. You, you know, it's sad, man. Like it. You it's know, it, so fucking sad like people don't understand when i tell them that i got me too'd like yeah i mean i didn't get sexually abused yeah. i got like talent abused because i didn't know any better man yeah i was a kid all i wanted to do was stand up this comedian comes around says he's gonna help me and i'm just like this is the best shit ever happened to me and then it turned out to be the worst thing that ever happened to me but but i think that i'm the comedian that i am today because of it yeah. You know, uh, the time, the stage time. I learned how to be, how not to be. It's interesting. I, I said some, I said one place, I said, uh, I learned more what not to do. Yeah. It's really, I, I almost want to say, I feel bad for the kids touring with me. I say kids are like, they're, not, they're grown men, but <laughs> right, like, right. but they're younger to me. Right. I feel bad for them because I don't, no, all they'll see not, not to do is like drink, you know, and, right. and smoke weed. But like I'm really a great guy to be around, and I'm very generous. I, I try to be too. Yeah. But I think, but I learn those because I, maybe you know, Cigar and I have been pretty open about it. But like our relationship with our headliner wasn't like it wasn't like a, a level playing field. It was I'm the boss, you're my employee. Don't right. ever forget that. If I need this, I'll take it. And it was it wasn't like and and there. But what's crazy is you know even still like I don't know if you feel this way, but like 
I have a, I have like a empty spot where I go, it sucks that we couldn't have just been friends. Right. Like, you know? No, it breaks my heart, Because there were because great times. There were great, great there times. There was great times, and I loved the dude. I mean, I you know, and it's funny because even to this day, I still catch shit from comics that are on our yeah. family, right? That are yeah. our level. I don't want to say level because we're all at different levels, but- We're all the same they, level. We, but we all came up the same, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? We've, we've, I think we're all at the same level. We're all at the same- We've all been doing it the same amount of time. We're all as good. I think some people get other opportunities and get different opportunities different. and take different. Like I look at Ernst is living in Cleveland now. Right. Happy as fuck. You're in Texas. I stayed here, but I only stayed here because it was like I had kids and I started my life here. Right. And so I couldn't leave. When I wanted to leave, the girls were too old. Right. And, the, and they're wife, like, wait a minute. We got shit going on here. Yeah. And I like, was like, well, fuck, man. And it's right. so it's but it's. But I think we're all at the same level. I don't think me, you, Steve Byrne, Brett Ernst, right. uh, Mike Young, uh, Renazizi, Renazizi uh, Caparillo, Caparillo, uh, Ari, you know. Joe, even like yeah. all of us. Oh, are, yeah. yeah. I think it, you see any of us doing comedy, you know you're going to fucking it, love it. It affected my relationships, you know, be, touring with with Carlos Mencia. It affected my relationships with people like Rogue because I admire the shit out of Rogan and, and people like that where it affected my relationship with them. You know, and I don't think people realize how young I was. I'm riding on the mind of Mencia. I'm 22 years old. Yeah. Right? And I come into town riding for this guy who I didn't know everybody fucking hated. Yeah. Right? And then I get to the comedy store and everybody's like, oh, you're his, dude? Yeah, we fucking hate him, so now we hate you. And it was like, I don't know what's going on. So, you know, it. it you know, I, I look, I look at it, I, I feel like I am the funniest I've ever been. Yeah. You know, and, and we're selling tickets and my life honestly could not be any better. Anything after this is fucking bonus. I've always said that. I've always said, like, if you give me anything, like I, I keep saying, and it's, I go, this has been my motto. If I can increase my business by 10% every year, I'll be happy. When I did my good, first, man. I did my first special came out. I said, I'm good right now. I'm moving some tickets. If I can, not my, it was my second special, but it was like, you know, second one, the first one that counted for showtime. And I was like, if I can just get, a little traction and it didn't do anything originally and then the machine store went viral and i was like and then it sold every show out and i went that's okay. what happened to me yeah i was like Same what shit yeah what was your what was your bit that went uh the shopping i did a shopping bit i was the first one to do the video memes i'm at 175 million views on that thing what's the video memes where you put like here's the punchline, and i put you know the the lettering over the bit where i said uh uh when your wife comes home from shopping and yeah. it was a bit about my wife coming home and she's like an auctioneer. I went over to Macy's, had 10% on it, 20%, right? And that thing yeah. went fucking viral. Yeah. And you have the same feeling. But it was yeah. also, what's funny is everybody goes, well, I'll do that. Okay, but you're not good. No offense. Yeah. But Burt Kreischer did it. It fucking went viral because he's fucking good. Yeah. You know? I, yeah but you were I, also I, one of those guys that I used to watch on stage and go, how the fuck is this guy not fucking famous? Dude, we all looked at each other. Every, I, I mean, I remember I standing with Segura outside the fucking Melrose Improv, like fuck, like we had leprosy going, when's it our turn? Yeah. Like, when do we get fucking, because Segura's so fucking funny. I just said that yesterday, I thought, or today I was talking to my wife. My wife said, I got this, I got to do this, I got to do this. And she was like, oh God, does it ever end? And I said, yesterday I did, two podcasts with bill uh burr and then i did <laughs> then there's me sorry folks no 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 <laughs> and then i ran down and did a podcast with brian callen right and then i came up to do a rap party 
at the bar next door. And I was so busy and I thought on the ride, I said, man, there was a time, and me and you and I can definitely say this out loud. There was a time where we couldn't get noticed. Like, oh, no. No I one mean, called. I had days where no one called my phone. Dude, where I'm just going, how? And, well, and the thing was, too, is like, you know, like Jesus Trejo, who you love, like I, I love, love him, you know. I love him. I would tell Jesus, I'm like, it, he's, he'd go, Steve, it's coming. You're so good. It's coming. I see it. I go, I go, yeah, Jesus. I go, I know you see it. But the frustrating part is to be, I know I'm good. I know I'm fucking funny. And not still not get phone calls. Right? That's the yeah. frustrating part is to go, I know I'm fucking funny. I, I mean, I, fucking me and you working in Miami together. That was one of the, I was going to bring that up. Bro, we're fucking the, smashing. Both of us are getting on stage and we're fucking having. I was having bombing. The first night. No, no, no. The first you night I did. It first out. night I did good. Thursday night I did great. Friday night I ate. But you, two solid dicks, <laughs> no, but back you to back. It out. It's the I'm telling you, Steve. It is, <laughs> it is the one point in my career where I went, where I was like, I was like, I I will always say I never bombed harder than those two shows. That <laughs> no. is, I remember. I don't was, remember that. I, was, I, don't I was remember still wearing a shirt on like stage, that. and and I had sweat drip off my nose <laughs> onto my shirt, and I heard the audience go, "Oh." No, I remember. <laughs> I remember just watching you going, this guy's fucking hilarious. Second, like Second show, first show Saturday. I remember I said, I came in Saturday morning. I'm going to set the whole thing up. I'm going to set the whole, because this is, by the way, this is one of the more defining moments in my career. Leanne really? Was, 100%. Leanne was pregnant with Isla. Oh, and she had flown down to right. Miami and, uh, and was going to give birth. I think this must have been June or July that we did this. So it was the middle of Forever summer. Ago. It was hot as fuck. It was 13 years ago. And so, God, 13 fucking years ago. Isn't that crazy, dude? We were so happy just to be headlining. I was in front so, of, like, I, by the way, I'm gonna, I'll tell you everything. And, and even in saying it, I was so fucking happy. So I, oh, go, yeah. I get booked to do Miami. And I go, I tell Leanne, I said, why don't you fly down too? She goes, Miami. I'll fly down. Yes, yeah, Miami. Fuck yeah. Uh, she goes, I'll fly down Friday. You fly in Wednesday to do press. And uh, and then, and I I got in Wednesday, and they're like, no press tomorrow. And I was like, what? Fuck. I was like, for real? And she was, and they were like, yeah, no press. And I was like, what about uh, Thursday morning? And they're like, or Friday? And they're like, no press Friday. So I get to the club Thursday, and you're out front uh, with DJ Cooch. Yeah. And you said, uh, well, I was working on a project down there for Pitbull. The rapper. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how I was there. Pitbull came to the show. Yeah, remember he came to the yeah. show. Well, hold on. We'll get to the whole thing. <laughs> because you're out front, and I, I was like, oh, hey, man, I knew who you were, and I was like, oh, hey, what's up? And you're like, hey, man, I'm, I don't know if they've talked to you yet. It's a bad situation. I just want to make sure you're cool with it. And I go, cool with what? And you're like, um, you're like maybe I, I mean, I'll tell you just because maybe it's better to hear it from me. Right, right. But you go, they've asked me to come in and co-headline with you. Um, because you're having a hard time getting press and I can get us press. And I went, okay. By the way, this is how happy I was about comedy at this time. I was like, anyone else would go, you've been demoted. I was like, cool. We Fuck got it press. Out, yeah. yeah well, that's what I was in my life, yeah. right? Where it was like, you want me to do a show with, Bert? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't care. I was like, great. That's awesome, man. You can put me with whoever the fuck. Yeah. I'm just happy to be here. And you're like, my buddy DJ Cooch is here. He's going to host. Ricky Cruz is going to MC, and then we'll co-headline. And I was like, okay. And so we did that first show Thursday, and it was fucking great. It's it was fun, man. funny shit. My wife was there with her friend had come down, 
and they were both there and we had a great time we had beers afterwards awesome and uh, and then we woke up and you brought me in to do radio and you introduced me to paul castronova yeah who i am good friends They're with fucking to this awesome, day aren't they dude dude paul and young ron was like the biggest show in miami huge it's still it's still, still big still without big, but with, man but not like then i mean but then it was like you did well on this show you sold tickets we did in we went in we murdered we did great and and they said to me you're hilarious man whenever you want to come in and i was like well to this day they still bring up that yeah me, me and you going in there because me yeah. and you went in there started just busting balls it, it, the fucking wheels were off and we were just fucking everybody up and then they were like I don't even think they talked. Uh, it was it was me and you because we had party the night before. I, I want to say we maybe we brought beers in or something. We were just going back and forth uh, having we a blast. Murdering. And then I remember you dipped out and did the Spanish speaking station. Yeah. And I was like, fucking. I remember thinking, get me on the road with this guy. We could <laughs> double our fucking numbers. You do <laughs> right, Spanish speaking. Right. I do English. Like, and so I met Paul and Young Ron that night. Right. I think we then went and did. Uh, we might have done DJ Laz. Yeah. We did not last forever. Yeah. We did yeah. DJ Laz. You introduced me to DJ Laz. That weekend with you got me in at Miami, whereas I could play there. I could play there, West Palm, and Fort. That's three fucking clubs. Right, like, right. this is what people need to understand is that I went from, I, I, I had filled in a fallout weekend. It was $900 to do the weekend is what I was getting paid. I was, I was driving down from San Vicente. Which, by the way, isn't it great when young comics are like, you're headlining? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're so lucky. And yeah, you're, you're like, like I'm not going to tell you what the fuck I'm making, by the way. I went, Erin called me on San Vicente, and she was like, hey, I have a fallout weekend in Miami. It's this weekend. Can you make it? And I was like, done. done let's I go. Booked a yeah. flight, expensive flight, flew down. But that one weekend with you got me so much work for the rest of my well, life it was funny because you brought it up on rogan's podcast and you brought my name up and then all of course you know rogan he's the freaking god now yeah. right so you're you, just somebody says your name on the rogan podcast and you're a thing right yeah so i got all these messages like check this out check this out and i was laughing but i was also to be completely honest i was really frustrated because you're like oh trevino killed and then rogan's like oh in miami of course he did like it had a latin thing to do with it and it's like well <laughs> first, how about, of all, first of all how, you were killing how about i'm just funny how about no, you're just like funny it. but you really did i mean like i'm gonna i'm gonna tell the i want to tell the whole story because there is a part of that that is rings does ring true <laughs> is uh so we go to press we come back i'm like this is gonna be fucking awesome i remember the crowd was sold out and it was so we sold out the whole fucking it was weekend. great man so fucking hot i want to say pitbull was at that friday show yeah pitbull came out which by the way still friends to this day and i just signed with his management so really? I, I switched managements to get on pitbull's team yeah and we did that first show and i remember knowing i was in a hole when they were like hey this and by the way this is i think what rogan's speaking to is they were like we got a great show this weekend. We got DJ Cool, <laughs> Rasa, Ricky Cruz, <laughs> Rasa, Steve Travino, Mexicano, and Burt Kreischer. <laughs> it was such a fucking stop in the sentence. The fucking record, like old school. Uh, do, do you remember me telling you? I go, you were. I remember you being scared. And I'm like Burt. I go, like, dude. I go, dude. I, I, I. And then, by the way, Thursday you annihilated. Thursday I did fine. Nope. Friday, I'm like, I'm fine. Friday first show, I bombed so fucking bad. So bad. So bad that I got off and I went, I go, Steve, I, I feel like I feel like they think I took a Latino's job. Like, <laughs> I, and you go, and you were like, no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. And I said, no, Steve, I, I don't feel, man, I feel like, I feel like they fucking dislike me. You go, dude, everyone's got bad shows. You'll bounce back. 
We did the second show, and I bombed even harder. There was a Dominican guy. That. There was a Dominican guy in the front row and with his was, chick. Was it that one? And he was doing this with a like like he was hitting something in his hand. And I said, "What's that?" And he goes, "I'm gonna beat you with that baseball bat." And I go, "Oh, you <laughs> oh, must be Dominican." As a joke, right? <laughs> nothing, nothing. And I got off, and I was like, uh, and I I was like, I was in. I I walked back. It was raining that night. I walked back in the rain. Leanne had stayed in the hotel. She was like, how did it go? And I was like. Did you have to add that you walked back in the rain? I rain. walked back in the rain. It, and it, it was so bad. <laughs> you just bad. picture Bert with his shirt off, right? Dude? It was <laughs> so bad. And so. I don't remember you not killing. I, I man. Well, I, well, so Friday I show up and I got into the green room. I go, Steve, we got to switch it up, man. I go, I can't follow you. You're, you were murdering so fucking hard. And I go, I can't follow you. And you're like, you're like, listen, it's your weekend. I'm not, I can't. This is your weekend. I'm just here to help. And you're like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to like pump the brakes? Do you want me to make it shorter? I go, can you just bring me up and like say, it's okay that this white guy's here? I do remember that. And I do you, remember you, you going, just change the intro. I go, just be like, here's my friend. I hope you guys enjoy him. And then, and you did that. And I got up that first show Friday and it, the first joke went fine, but then it started going downhill. And I said, fuck it. I remember, I remember we had talked so intensely about, we talked so intensely about me bombing and you're like, and I remember you going, man, you're, you're married to your material. Like you're just doing this material. And I go, cause I'm bombing. I don't have anything to say. <laughs> and you're like, stop with the material. Like just go into your, right. do the shit you did Thursday. I go, yeah, I was having fun Thursday. You're like, you're not having fun up there. I was like, Steve, I'm sweating through my fucking shirt. But I feel like that was the weekend you started taking your shirt off. I took my shirt off. I, I, that was, I had done that. I had done that before, but I took my, I got on stage Friday's early show. And when it started going downhill, I was like, they're gonna see sweat in this shirt and they'll know I bombed. I ripped my shirt off and I went and and I said, I remember I, I was like, all right, fuck it. I go, where's the blackest motherfucker in here? And everyone's like, well, I go, give me like the most thugged out gold fronts, right, right, right. shoes and socks on his car. I want that guy. And it was funny. The guy was like right in that middle chunk where there only sat 30 people. 30 people and there was and fucking goes, 500 over there and 500 over here. He goes, right here, man. And I go, come on stage. He goes, what? I go, I'm buying drinks for you. Come on stage. He got on stage. I got stools for the, and I go, give me the most Cuban guy in the world. I want the most Cuban guy, just barely speaks English. And so I get that guy. <laughs> right, right. And the three of us, I said, listen, man, I don't relate to your people. So I'm going to tell a joke. And will you please translate it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was I like, I remember that. I was, I got the mic. And I go, I'm shirtless on stage. I go, we each have a shot at tequila. I go, I was talking to this young lady and I handed it to the black guy. I go, Man, I'm hauling at this hoe. And then the, <laughs> the, 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 the Cuban guy just goes, he goes, did some fucking whistle. Mommy, 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 or something. And the fucking place went nuts. Fucking lost I got place. off that night. And you're like, that's what I'm talking about. And I did that the rest of the week. And I just fucked around on stage. I talk to young comics about that all the time. Like sometimes we like Jesus, for example, and I'm just using him because we both know yeah. him. We both work with him. We both love him. He's the sweetest guy in the world. He's probably one of the most naturally talented people I've ever met in my life. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about somebody that you're in a room, you're eating breakfast with the guy, and he's fucking annihilating comics. I mean, yeah. we're all dying, but you know they forget to be talented. Like, just be talented. Yeah. Just be fucking good, man. You're fucking good. Be good. Yeah. You know, and I think that both of us and every comic, we sometimes we forget. We get into our material so much that we forget. Like, man, fuck, I'm, I'm good at this shit. I can fly on. I can say things quick and funny. Funny, like right. I don't have to rely on material. I can go up there and just be Bert. Yeah, right. And I, 
it was like one of the greatest weekends. You know, I was saying to someone today, uh, we were, I did an article for Vulture about, um, about deaf uh, translators, American Sign Language translators. Oh, I've had those on stage before, yeah. yeah. And I got in trouble the very first time I ever had one. I was like brand new in the business. And I did a college at Northeastern and I got in trouble because I, all I did was like, how do you say suck dick? How do you say fuck <laughs> her in the still, ass? That's the best. Yeah. And so, um, and I got in a lot of trouble. She like, the lady wrote a letter and and the, and I, ne- I never did colleges after that because of that. Like, Which, got, by the way, what a blessing. I, I In hindsight, but when, <laughs> yeah, you, hindsight, when you have one kid, you're like, great. I just need to work. Right, I need and jobs. I, and all yeah. of a sudden, I do no colleges because of it. Right. But it was funny. I was saying this on the, talking to the journalist, I was saying, um, you know, everyone's so conditioned to not want their comics to apologize but as comics i've we've made so many mistakes i've made so many mistakes and you that you learn from and you go it's okay to be like it's okay for me to look back and go i was kind of a shitty thing i did to that lady where i made it look like the invisible man was running a train on her on stage where she's just sucking dicks and eating assholes like <laughs> and she's at work i go it's okay right. to learn from that and she and go, had to do it she had right. to do it because it's her fucking job she's like i don't want to mock suck black cocks on stage like i don't want to sound racist. like she's like Look, i always tell people you know i started talking about my wife and my family on stage because when i met my wife now i fell in love with her and i fucking hated her for it like yeah. i truly hated her for making me fall in love with her you know what i mean like life was fucking great i'm crushing pussy i'm i'm a fucking pirate man i'm traveling the country yeah making a whopping 900 a week telling dick jokes like fucking life is awesome then you come yeah so then i started talking to her about her on stage and i did an album then and i listened to that album and i'm like what a fucking shit there's so much anger and hate in it yeah that if i listen to it now i cringe because i'm like God dang, Steve! What the fuck's wrong with you? It's a, and people yeah. aren't willing to like. And now that now that's just self growth we're talking about. Right. No one's gonna cancel culture you or light you up for that album. I would hope so. It. Right. Yeah. You know. And so, but man, but you look at like stuff Kevin Hart tweeted ten years ago, and you go, yeah, oh, I've I've said a lot of irresponsible things, dumb shit, dumb shit. Right. But more importantly, to put that side language thing to the side, it's those failures of you bombing and fucking uh. up and that you grow so much as a comic that weekend i grew so much as a comic where i went oh that that'll never happen again i can always have I just, fun i remember meeting you i have a hard time in la i have a hard time in la with other i'm not i don't know how to make friends with other comics like i don't yeah. i don't know how to i have my like it's weird i have my crew i have my homies from back home yeah. we're still friends to this day I vacation with my friends. I don't vacation with other comics. You know yeah. what I mean? So I remember meeting you and going, oh, there's other dudes like me. Like Bert yeah. is like a dude. He's just a fucking guy who happens to have this talent who you weren't Hollywood. You weren't. I didn't. I I always say I know. I never know. I never know who is who. And so I never know like a casting director is in the bar or. I never know if someone's a producer or a director. Yeah, I have no fucking clue, I'm not, I'm not that guy. I've never been able to figure that out. But it's like this podcast, right, where where you know my agent calls me and he goes, you know Bert, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know Bert. And he's like, well, call him. Get on his podcast. And I'm like, I'm not that guy, man. Like, I'm not that guy either. I, I have a hard time asking for things. It's just weird to me that, hey, Bert, put me on. You know, and it's like. Oh, but that's so know. funny because you say you're not that guy. I'm not that guy. 
But I have no problem with you calling me saying, hey, man, I'm in town. Can well, I, get well, on your I do remember, I, well, I, forget, I forget where I was. I, again, like everywhere I go, it's like you and Bert, you and Bert, which, by the way, I have been mistaken for you. For real? I've had guys come up to me and go, what the fuck? You didn't take off your shirt. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, dude, you, you, you came to the wrong show, buddy. You're thinking of Bert Kreischer, right? <laughs> but literally, they'll come up to me like, what the fuck? And I'm like, first of all, he's uh, six foot. I'm five four. There's a big fucking difference. Um, but you know, everywhere I would go, it was like you and Bert, you and Bert, you and Bert. I remember calling you one night. I'm out with the staff because my thing Were you is, in Dayton at the time. It might have been Dayton somewhere. Somewhere I remember that you called. And yeah. I'm like, hey, motherfucker, I'm tired of hearing your name, yeah, dude. I want to be the fucking king of the staff. We got we got so we had, we had very similar approaches in stand up, and it was you know it was so funny. I was talking to Steve Byrne one day about it. Because we toured in like 2006 or seven, and I said to Steve, "We got done a show," and he went back to the hotel and went and got on the gym, got on the treadmill, and I got back that night, and he was getting out of the gym. I go, "I'm hammered, right? right I'm shit house." I go, "What the fuck are you doing?" And he was like, "Working out." I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, "I was watching a documentary, working out," and I was like, "Oh," I was like, "I oh. totally got you for a different guy." He goes, "What do you mean?" I go, "I thought you liked to party." He goes, "I oh, I love partying." I said, well, why didn't you hang out with us? He was like, I went hang out with the staff? I go, yeah. yeah. He goes, what do you mean? Like, you, would you just party with them? And I was like, yeah. yeah. And I said, Steve. Have laughs. I go, the, ne the next weekend we were in Minneapolis. I said, I go, trust me. Just oh, trust me. We were in Chicago. And I did, I used to do. Because I have two moves. I have the, I'm staying in the comedy club. We're all going to fucking party move. Yep, that's me. Yep. And then I also have the, hey, crowd. I'm going to this fucking bar. Yep. Let's do it. That's still me. Right? <laughs> so, way. I mean, I, but now, and I mean, you know, and it's hard because now it's gotten a lot harder. It's gotten a lot harder to go, hey, we're going to a bar. You don't have to tell me that. Because then you, you, it causes a fucking thing. So now, now I'm mainly the, hey, let's have drinks at the comedy club where I'm safe, where, oh, you know, and I yeah. travel with my wife a lot and my wife likes to have drinks and, if I go, if I, she calls it the circus. She's like, don't do the circus tonight. Yeah. <laughs> right? She's like, don't. Because she knows if I go on stage and go, we're all fucking going to fucking Sure Shots. Yeah. Sure Shots, that's Dayton. Yeah, Dayton. I'll kill that By the way, I've been, to, I've been to Sure Shots That's my, one of my lot. favorite bars. I got a Sure Shots sweatshirt. <laughs> that's so fucking funny. I, that's the second time we talked about Sure Shots in a week. No shit? Who else yeah, brought we it up? Yeah, we just, uh, Moshe Kasher. Yeah, Moshe Kasher, Greg, really? Greg Giraldo used to love Sure Shots. Fuck, I love it, dude. Greg Giraldo used to love Sure Shots. I, we bonded over Sure Shots. Dude, I, I've seen fights in that place. They have hot dogs. They give I've, you free oh, hot dogs. Free fucking hot Free hot dogs and Sure Shots. Dude, what does it say in the... Uh, I walked in I walked in one time and it's just a hot dog bar. Yeah. Plus, and they have fucking like a hot dog. <laughs> yeah. And they're free. You get them as many as you want. Just grab it, them. It's the fucking... I love in, Sure Shots. In the shots. urinal, it says, um, watch what you put... Uh, oh, Watch what you put in this urinal because the same hands that clean it are also serving you beer. <laughs> like, that's the kind of bar. It's the fucking best, dude. I love, by the I'll, way. And I'll make them put hot dogs. I'm like, yeah, hey, what's up with the fucking hot yeah. dog ring here? Hey, Let's guys, you guys it. are running low on hot dogs. Yeah, like, get it, all right. Get it rolling, buddy. <laughs> Bro, sure shots. That, there are a lot of really great after hours bars. In Columbus, I always end up at. I always end up upstairs at uh, Bar Louie. Me too, Bar Louie, yep. Same with when they had the old Cincinnati Funny Bone. Or maybe they still have it, I just haven't been in a while. I only go to the... Yeah, well, no, I loved it. This, that one across the street was the German bar. 
Yeah, that was a great that's German a bar. Great fucking big bar, fucking dude. pretzels. Pa- There's fucking nothing like a big picnic pretz- t's. The that's whole a fucking great thing, fucking dude. bar. Love going to that bar. But for me. I, and I think there's something special, and I, I think me and you have the same thing. Where I'm partying with the staff, but I'm not trying to fuck them. Oh no, I'm yeah, never. You know, because I got a wife, and my thing is there have been a few chicks though that I that you that I I know you probably feel the same way I do. Where you, you obviously you'd never cheat on your wife, but you there are always a few chicks that you connect with, and you go, you know, if I was a dog. Yeah. That would be the one. Yeah, you're cool as fuck. I've had it. Yeah. You're a cool fucking yeah. chick. And you're also giving me the fucking, hey. Fuck oh, there it. was yeah. there was one girl in Dayton that I just, I really loved. I mean, I really enjoyed her. Well, no, she, and I, she was fun to hang out with and she was goofy. Um, I'm trying to think. But there's also something special about these girls that are living in Dayton that are working their asses off, right? They, yeah. All they want to do is fucking work and go have a drink. Yeah. They're not like, I'm moving to LA. I'm going to be fucking famous. They're just like, yeah, they're like, just regular chicks. people. And it's, but it's funny. You always get those ones. Uh, you always get the, the, like the few chicks where you just go, oh, it's good to see her again. Yeah. I'm glad to see you. Yeah. And you throw them a couple extra bones, right? You're like, you know what? Fucking. I remember you. trying to convince one of them. I was like, one chick, I was like, you should get pregnant and sell that baby to gay guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Like, she was like, I have debt. Can I do that? And I was well, like, And then one of the things I do, and I didn't know that you did this, is I love to gamble. Oh, I, know yeah. where, I know where every fucking casino is in, in the country, right? Yeah. I'm at fucking Punchline in, in Philly. I'm walking to fucking Sugar Shack, right? But I love to gamble, so what I do is I'll go, I'll take a stack of merch money, and I put it on the, at the end of the night, and I'll put it on the, on the stool, and I'll be like, all right, everybody gets a guess. Price is right rules. Somebody's walking away with this money. Yeah. Guess how much it is. And the staff's like, Bert does shit like that. And I'm like, the fuck? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, I will. Mine was always derived at the fear that I wasn't, I didn't deserve to be headlining. Like, I always felt like, so I, what I would do, I remember one time I did Chicago and Tony Baldino said, you know, when you say you're drinking at the bar, I make like an extra three grand. I'm just telling you. Right. Just telling you. That he's told like, me the same thing. Yeah. That he goes, I'm just telling you. If I make an extra three grand throughout the night, then you know maybe I can throw you some bonuses. Right. And I was like, oh, fucking on my, it. In my head, I was like, done yeah. every night. And so then what I did, I started doing, and this has got to be two thousand, probably four or five. Right when I worked with you, is I would tell the audience, hey, I'm going to go to the bar and drink. I also have set up a game. So like I would one time we held beers in like the Christ pose, <laughs> and the last one to drop them got the pot. And That's so it was awesome. like 20 guys. Steve Byrne filmed it. And we all stood with beers. And I right. beat the fucking guy. I beat muscles, this kid. You beat fucking muscles yeah, over there. The one like, kid. Well, dude, we had a, a professional bodybuilder fall like, out. I've had beers in my hand my whole fucking life. Believe me. I, I, would set up, I would set up obstacle courses like with like a like a trick shot where we right. would throw the football from across the room in the thing. And it was like $1. It was $5 to buy in and then $1 rebuys. And you get like a pot of like 350 <laughs> Everybody's bucks. Everybody's going fucking Everyone's nuts, doing dude. it and it's fun. Everyone's drinking. Everyone's having, having fun. Time. They're like, take a break. We'll do it again at five. And so that's what I did. And then and then I started doing the waitstaff raffle where I would, where, and, but it was for me, it was like, it was always derived off of like boredom and just wanting to have fun. And then, and and I, I think ultimately the bar stuff was because I felt like if I made the club more money, I felt the same way. Then I knew I I'd come, come back. back. I get to come back. And, and you know, you said a beautiful thing, man, where I think there's two kinds of comics, right? There's the comics that walk on stage and go, you're all lucky that I'm on this stage right now. Yeah. 
And then there's comics like me and you. His name's go, Anthony Jesselman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> fucking cocksucker. I can slow my jokes down too. Um, but, you know, there's- I love you, Anthony. I do too. <laughs> I think he's great. But, you know, you got two guys like me where I walk on stage and I go, I'm so lucky to be here. Yeah. You know, and in the beginning- I've always felt that way. When I would tip one waitress with a game, it was my way of going, I got a hundred bucks and I'm going to give it to somebody. I don't have a lot of money. So this is my way of giving to the staff. Yeah. I mean, now I fucking, you know, I'm making money now so I can, yeah. you know, hook people up and, and I take care of everybody. But back then it was also kind of my way to go, look, I love you guys. Because I remember Cheryl Underwood would leave our club in Addison and at the end of the week, we'd all get it 200 bucks because she would leave fucking two G's behind. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that changed my life at yeah. that time, right? So I always try to, do something it's funny that everybody goes oh you and Bert and, and I'm like but like I said when I met you in Miami it was one of those things where I was like dude this guy and I, I mean look I don't I don't know how to play the game and when people tell me hey play the game I go you're suspect to me you're already fucking suspect when you tell me yeah. hey Steve I play the game well are you playing me so it's always very Hollywood was very difficult for me it was very very hard I think I'm I think that's why I've always done better um on the road you know i wanted my name on the comedy store wall so badly i got it i wanted to know that i could compete with the best you know i've i followed the chris rocks and the dave Chappelle's and the andrew dice clays and and i did well and i wanted to know that i could compete and then i always told myself once i make enough money that i can afford to come back so you know my my goal was if i get a phone call on monday and my agent says, you have to be here on Tuesday. Can I afford to do that? And as soon as I can get to that point, I'm gone. And I've noticed I've, found, I've, I've had more opportunities now. And, but I also feel like, and I don't know how you feel, but my standup is so down to earth and so real and so honest that I have to be around regular motherfuckers to create. I, I cannot, I'm not the kind of person that can sit behind a notepad and jot down an hour and be like, and be like, this is my new act. I've got to live a life in order to write. To right. Well, I mean, you look it. at Rogan and the shit that he comes up with because he's so in it, he's so fucking hungry for knowledge, right? That the dude's yeah. always taking fucking knowledge. He'll write an hour. He doesn't need anything else but his fucking brain. Yeah. And whatever he's reading or well, he would argue that we you know. we should be doing the same things and still the stuff that we live would even be better and i and i can't I agree disagree with that, with I, that. I, I would agree but i just but it's everyone's got everyone's got their way to peel an orange and so but it's like you know i heard this bit that rogan did the other day you know randomly like on one of those i'm listening to the radio and they're like five o'clock funny fucking rogan and i remember listening to this bit i'm like god damn dude like it's a fucking great bit who the who else is talking about monkeys getting currency like what the fuck is this guy? Uh, by the way, that's right up his alley. That's you know like, what I mean? But knowing like, him, that's like so, but, so his passions, but, monkeys right. and cryptocurrency. But, but same with Bill Burr, right? You you watch Bill Burr, and Bill Burr can can live in a box, and he observes and watches, and you know I have to live next to average motherfuckers. I mean, my dad was a pipe filler welder. Yeah, I grew up in a town of three thousand people. I mean, it's I work. I'm probably the only comic that wears cowboy boots. Yeah, it's fucking me and <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy. Yeah, you know, uh, well maybe Ronnie Carrington, yeah, probably. You know, but but I found that 
I stopped. I stopped wearing. Uh, I used to wear boots, but not cowboy boots. Uh, like uh, just boots, like uh, Timberlands or no, no, like no, 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 no. Uh, like uh, they're, they're called. They're called engineer boots. It's 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 almost like a. Is uh, if you want to look it up, it's called the. Oddly enough, I think it's called the Rogan Engineer. Randomly, it's not has no connection, but it's by Fry. It's a good, good looking boot, right? But uh, I used to wear them on stage. I liked. I, I wore. Uh, I wore blundstones before that and then i my wife bought me these and i liked it and um and then i remember rogan was like you wear boots on stage and i was like yeah and he was like what if someone tried to attack you and i was like what and he was like do you think you could get away from them and i was like no i'd be slipping but all I, over the place be, i could kick the shit out of them <laughs> and i started wearing sneakers because i started i was on stage You're going, paranoid. Going going like, attack me. I, I, would, I would feel my feet slipping on stage and i go god damn it man i am not away. stable and then I got plantar fasciitis in Atlanta, and I had to wear sneakers for the first time on stage. Like, I had to. Right. And I was like, whoa, this is so much more comfortable. For you. Yeah, yeah. so now I'm a little bit of a well, sneaker I, And what's funny is I was thinking about you, because we scheduled this, what, two weeks ago or whatever, three weeks ago. Yeah. And then you had to cancel. Congratulations, by the way. It hit the news. Oh, yeah, thank show. you. Thank you very Congratulations. much. Congratulations. Very proud of you. And it's weird to say that. Like, oh, thank you, I'm man. proud. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know. Uh, no. And I'm proud of all my friends. I mean, you know, Tom Segura. I'm so proud of Tom. I mean, Tom and I were, and Christina were paired up to help uh, this Orange County housewife, Slade, do stand-up. And that's how I, me and Tom spent a lot of time helping that dude out. But anyway, yeah. I was thinking about you because I'm at um, Hakkasan the nightclub in Vegas. Huh? I'm headlining Jimmy Kimmel's. And then every Friday night, I treat everybody to bottle service at Hakkasan, the nightclub. And at one twenty in the morning, the headlining DJ comes out. Right. And it was Steve Aoki. I don't know if you know who that is, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the guy's got to be our age. And I'm thinking to myself, how the fuck does this dude at one twenty AM wake or one o'clock in the morning or 1230 at night, wake up and go, all right, time to turn it on. Yeah. Right, and I thought about you. I'm like, how does Bert be the machine? Take off the shirt every fucking night. Well, you talk, you talk about inviting people to bars. I'm doing two shows in a 3,700 seat venue, right? And telling people the bar I'm going to crush. You want to talk about fucking circus packed? Yeah. Like I, and and my wife does not understand it, but if for some reason I still feel like. I feel like I'm ripping people off if I don't give them everything I got while I'm in their town. I agree. And I feel like if I don't, but I think it's more like. So here's my question. So you went from selling out clubs. Yeah. How the fuck do you go from selling out clubs to third? Does it like, like I'm selling out clubs. What are you taking I just can't imagine uh, 25, 30. You got to go 35. <laughs> 35 is like, you know, it's it's interesting. I, I had a very big attachment to keeping my ticket prices low. I'm the same way. As Ari as Ari did, Ari is still that way. He won't sell a ticket over 20 bucks. Because I want the average motherfucker to be able to come to the show. Well, what happens is all your tickets get scooped up. Is, is they And they're selling them on third market party. Venues. Which is already, yeah, I've seen yeah, that. Which it's you, happened, I'm sure yeah. you've noticed happens is you go in, you put tickets on sale in Philly and immediately early Saturday, early Friday are gone. gone. Yeah. And you're like, nice, I'm doing well. And then you don't realize that, and I don't mean to be shitty. Somebody else is selling those fucking tickets. Often, sometimes, it's the people that work at the club. And they make, they know that your tickets are going to sell out, and those so shows will sell out. they buy 10. Their boyfriend come calls in. They take their boyfriend's credit card, and they buy 10 tickets. Best seats. Sell. And then they resell them. Right. And so that was what, I, I actually, I have, 
I I went back when I was getting ready to do my hour and I um I had to I had a real problem with that but with clubs cuz I there were some clubs that I knew that that was the issue. Well, what would really bother me is when I would have a fan come up to me and go, "What the fuck? I paid forty five dollars for your $175 show, one hundred and seventy five dollars for these yeah. tickets." And you're like, "Wait, what?" And like, "Why did you do that?" And so then, so, so what you do then is is what I found is if you increase your ticket price, it stops that. Right. So like thirty five dollars wasn't twenty dollars was super easy for someone to wrap their head around. Let's I'll buy, buy ten tickets, twenty of them, or yeah, whatever the fuck, two hundred bucks. Right. We, and it sounds crazy, but when you bump your ticket price up to thirty five, it, it's, it's more risk. It's it just right? stopped. It's more risk. And right? by the way, you don't sell you don't sell tickets. You don't sell out as quickly. Thirty five dollar right. ticket was a for me was a real. By the way, this I know this is really inside baseball, but I do find this fascinating about the business, and I hope you do too, people listening. It was a real risk because you go from you go from selling out the weekend clean, right. and you get a call two weeks before and they're like they want to add a thursday show and you're like do it Fuck they yeah, want to add yeah. a sunday show or i never i stopped doing sunday so they're like they want to add a third show friday you're like do it right they want to add a shirt th third show saturday you're like do it and you do all those shows and i was like that i don't mind working more to give out the better product right and and at, at the lowest price then you go to 35 dollars tickets and they're like you're light on Thursday. Right. <laughs> you're like, wait. But you're still making the same money. You're making more money, way more money. Right. You're almost making double the money now. Right. And, and and especially if you have a percentage, you're literally making double the money practically. Well, what I love, and I think you're probably doing the same, we're getting into inside baseball. But no, but I love this conversation. Dude, I look, I love when when the fan gets dressed up Yeah. and it's their night out, right? And, and I've noticed that the more expensive tickets, because we do like a $35 front row, whatever the fuck, Dude, they're so happy to be there. Dude, and it's their fucking weekend. It's their night out. This, you right? got to look at this. And I just I know, don't know how I, know I that jump from, like right now in Chicago, I sell everything out. Right. Yeah. And you know the Chicago Improv. Yeah. I will sell out every it's show. Big, it's a big room. It's a big room. I'll sell it out every show. We'll add a show. Right. Last, That's a big last time I was there, we room. added a show. But I'm like, how the fuck do I go from 2,200 seats in an entire week? To thirty seven hundred in one fucking night, or seven thousand in a night. Right, that's doing, my thing. I'm doing five thousand in New York. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a meeting with UTA today, and they're like, "We're gonna in two years, you know, we're gonna listen do this." To, and I'm listen, like, "Man, I, I got to be really honest. Right. I I I I was so hesitant to listen to anyone, and Nick Nusiforo and Heidi Feingen and Judy Marmel. Judy's a I love that one. Those woman. three people. I'm, I'm I'm excluding Reg, but I think Reg was in the same. Reg is my manager, uh, one of my managers. Reg and I were in the same place. They told me they were like, "It's time to move to theaters." I, I think, and Segura had said to me, "When you're adding shows at thirty five dollars a ticket, that's when you need to go to theaters." I went, "Really?" Right. I went, "Yeah." And so, well, and Segura's another one that came out of nowhere. Segura was like, by the way, if I, I mean, I, I, we brushed each other's balls a lot, and I think everyone knows how close we are, but like. If I didn't have Segura to kind of help talk me through it, I don't know. I would have been lost. Bro, Tom, well, but Tom's a sweetheart, man. And Tom is another guy, Great that, guy. that didn't play the fucking game. I, you know, the first time I saw him, we're co-headlining for that Orange County thing. I remember watching him going, this guy's fucking hilarious. Because it's very yeah. rare. Dude, it's very rare that I watch a comedian and go, that dude's fucking funny. Yeah. Very rare. Yeah. He I saw it with Billy Gardell. Oh, fucking Billy Gardell is a fucking. I had to follow him on the Jameson Irish comedy tour. That's the tour I saw him on, God. and I was like, "This guy's a fucking monster, dude." He was one of the guys that if he wanted to put it on you, 
you couldn't rebound. And, it, it, and he's fat. Yeah. And you still can't rebound. <laughs> I mean, he was, he. Bro, that guy, I remember watching that tour and going, who, where the fuck did this guy come from? Dude, he, he was. Smasher. I mean, fucking hammer down. Because I, I think you guys did what, 30 minutes each, something like that? Uh, on that yeah. tour i think we did third 20 minutes maybe 20 minutes i did i think they did 20 i did 30 i did th i only did 30 because i was getting the check spot and so um i think i'm not certain but uh, billy gardell was i remember one time he was like it was the first time we worked together we were in cincinnati and he was like he called me into the green room smoking a cigarette and he was like just blasting cigs dude. blasting cigarettes <laughs> had a whiskey and he was like uh, i'm not uh, following that yosemite sam shit and I said, what? And he goes, to take the shirt off, the fucking, all the stuff you do. I'm not following that. I'm not here <laughs> to fucking prove anything. I'm here to get paid and work. So I'm going to go in front of you, and I'll pump the brakes a little bit, and uh, and you'll be fine. And I was like, okay. In my head, I was like, I can follow anybody. I remember right. thinking that. He murdered so hard that first show Thursday. So hard. And I, I went up and I was like, oh, wow. I, do, I, I was like, okay, I'm back at square one. I got to figure this but out. But what's hard about that is that none of you guys were famous. None of us were. So when you're, when, you're, when you're getting hammered by somebody, I remember Joe Coy did that to me. We weren't famous at the Laugh Factory. Joe Coy walks on stage, fucking annihilates, and I eat it. But when they're famous, it's easier. Yeah. Because you're like, come on, guys, Dave Chappelle, right? What the fuck? Yeah. How great was that, huh? I'm not him, so... Let's go. Yeah. But with when somebody that's Oh, Billy Gardell, he put if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think Thursday I followed him fine and I got cocky. And that early show Friday, he didn't pump the brakes at all. Just fucking. And I and I had a hard time following him. And the late show Friday, I think I got naked on stage and I had a boot over my dick. <laughs> and Billy brought up shots for everyone. I had a girl sing. I had a girl singing. I mean, this is like, I, I mean, I really wish I could go back to this guy that I was where the chaos was what inspired me. Right. Like, I loved it. And 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 I I, I think my stand-up was probably worse, you know, but it was so much fuck. It was like, I never thought about what I was going to do on stage. I just let it happen. Yeah, that's how I was. And Well, it was a party. When I walked on stage, it was a fucking party. I've always felt that way. I've always felt like yeah. if the second I get on stage, it should be a party. Yeah. But yeah, but I, the, back to the theater thing, you know, if they're telling you we'll get you there in two years, just do what they say, and they'll they will. They the it's, you know. But you know, I've self produced every special that I've ever done. Oh, I'd stop doing that, and then fucking let let Netflix do one for you, or let I'd Amazon. love to if, yeah. if I got the offer. But just they'll get you. You one. know, I'm Mexican. You're, we don't get offers, dude. <laughs> self produced. <laughs> you, you, you might hand me a tissue real quick. <coughs> um, I just yeah. throw it, homie. The uh, yeah, it's I don't know what's. I don't know what's going on with with um with specials anymore. Like like because Ari's self producing his and he's shooting it in like a month, I think. Right. And and I like there Joe Coy self produced his, sold it to Netflix, and I think it blew his, him up. I That's think, the one that blew him up. Yeah. yeah and it's funny because I, you know I, I'm I've been I was just telling Joe my agent today. I go I've, I've been Bert does this and then Bert's selling out comedy clubs. Two years later, I'm selling out comedy clubs. Burt goes to theaters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same with Joe Coy. I think Joe Coy Joe was on Coy's that Joe Coy's on path. a different level than all of us right now. You know, well, and Dude, he's doing Tom. He's doing the Coca-Cola arena. Yeah, it's just stupid. Tom's fucking, at yeah. a different level than, way different level than me. Tom's doing, 
10,000 tickets a night in Denver. Yeah, I was laughing because uh, I was listening to you and Tom and all of a sudden you guys start talking about tour buses. I'm like, look at these fucking assholes. Bill said that to me one look time. Look at these fucking dicks. Dude. We were talking about <laughs> tour buses in the hallway of the comedy store. And Bill just goes, eh, stop. Everyone stop. Like, it's like four of us talking about tour. He goes, where the fuck has comedy gotten that we're all sitting in the hallway talking about our tour buses? Yes, dude. But I'm sitting there watching you guys and I'm like, fuck both of you. Tour bus is the best thing I ever did. Yeah, I want to do it's that. It's the yeah. greatest thing I ever did. I'll never not have I want to do bus. that so I can keep my family around. You know, I travel with my wife and my son as much as possible. Dude, you would you know love it. Just chill, man. And and I'm the type and I think every comic's this way where I call it sad zone. Yeah. Sunday night that after that, I'm like, I don't want to fucking I be just here. talking to Bill. I was just talking to Bill about that it's yesterday. Fucking sad zone. Yeah. Get me the fuck out of this town. Dude, I've given this town everything that I fucking have. That's why I stopped, I stopped doing Sundays. I did too. I, I, Joey Diaz was yeah. like, "Gotta stop doing Sundays, dog." He's like, Sundays. "Nobody's slinging Kit Cock on a fucking Thursday." Yeah, uh, you gotta come fucking be with your family. Take your kids to school <laughs> some Monday morning. You gotta fucking. It's the Lord's Day. You fly on the Lord's You're Day. Fucking savage. Get Catch the fuck it. out. Of Joey that. will paint things in such a beautiful way. You go to the airport, airport. Watch a little football, have a few pops, get, the get on fuck the plane, home. pass out, come home, stab the wife a couple times, <laughs> have pizza with the kids, you're out. <laughs> like a savage. Yeah, he. Um, I stopped doing Sundays, and then, um, and the leap to theaters, by the way, is not is not a, it's not like a sure shot, and you t- definitely take a hit financially. Like, At first, yeah. Uh, the, that's what they say, but if you can add shows, you you can make your money back. Well, you know, it's funny because you know, like I said, I, I think you're at like thirty million on the the machine story. You know, I don't even like know. I think Something total stupid. total, it's like I want to say I want to say it's at like one hundred eighty million total. That's where mine is. Yeah. yeah, and it's like I was we were having the meeting today, and I go I go look guys, I just haven't capitalized properly on what has already happened. Which, by the way, and I don't know if this happens for you, where people are like, oh, you have a special. Yeah. I'm yeah. a fan because I just watch you on my cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. People, I think that was why my, my Netflix, first Netflix special did well for me. It was because I think a lot of people, I think some, a lot of people thought I was just a guy on Travel Channel that was friends with Joe Rogan. <laughs> right. You're Bert the Conqueror. Yeah. I thought they, I think a lot right. of people thought, oh, that's the guy from Travel Channel. He's friends with Joe. Like, because Joe was friends with a lot of guys that were like less Stroud, who were just right. people that he found interesting. And they're like, oh, yeah. you must find him interesting. Well, and Joe's one of those guys, too, where he was the Fear Factor guy. He was the news radio guy. Man, if he hasn't fucking shed you know? those goddamn labels. Right. He is. He's I, the king of fucking everything right now. I mean, what he's going through right now is like he endorsed Bernie Sanders today. I, I mean, saw that. When everyone hears this, it'll be a week from now. But he went endorsed Bernie Sanders and it it split the liberals in half. Yeah. Like li- literally. People are like, fuck this ape. How dare you fucking. Back, and it's so- uh, listen to Joe Rogan, and then, which by the way, you know, Joe Rogan is what, what I am, right? You know, this middle of the road left, right? Like I'm a yeah. gun toting left, yeah, right. I lean a little right sometimes, but you know, socially, right? Yep. And Rogan has this great like fucking Rogan's that guy that you just go. I didn't listen to his podcast forever. Forever, I was just like, "Oh, it's so fucking good." I don't, I don't want to hear it. It is so his, like, look, I, his I'm voice his friend, annoys I'm his me, friend, right? But fucking, bro, I listen is, to it, it now. It is so god. I, look, it's I've been a fan so of this good. podcast. It's hard sometimes because I know him and we're close friends, and so, but I still watch his podcast, 
And like it's he so had good. he had fucking Bill Maher on the other day. It was such a great podcast. I want to watch that. He had uh, he had Don Gavin on. I watched it in the sauna this morning. And then I hit all my fans. Steve, get on Rogan. I'm like, yeah, let me just fucking get on Rogan because uh, Obama's been on. <laughs> like, what, yeah. like, what the fuck? Oh, it's, I mean, I don't. You, I, I I don't know how anyone gets on. I don't. Literally, I don't. I have not in a while like reached out to say, hey, can I do the podcast? Just because I, I, it just seems so bizarre. I know how I know how personally how busy right. he is. I know how overwhelmed he is. So like I, as his friend, wouldn't want to be a part of that overwhelmingness. Well, well, and that's why, you and know, that's wh- where, I, and that's where I draw the line where I go, I like, I can't. I'm always like, well. Shocked. When your assistant called me and he was like, "Hey man, I have bad news. Like Bert just can't." Yeah, I'm like, okay. Yeah, because fucking Bert has a wife. You're Bert one of the. Kids. You're one like, of the few people that I go when he, I, I was like, just tell Steve we'll get in the next time he's in town because I know I go. There's no. I know he's not going to be butthurt and be like, oh, what are you big time in me? I was like, no, yeah, no, I, no, I, no, I, no, I, no. I was like, yeah. Steve, like there are a few people like that where I can go. Hey, tell them like, like where I go. It's uh, getting overwhelming right now. But like I said, I'm always shocked when people like reach out to Rogan. Like, hey man, get me on your podcast. The fucking tone deafness of it. Right. I watched Definitely someone. Fucking I watched right. someone. You want to get booked on fucking? I mean, he's the new Larry King. He's the new fucking. It's the future. I, mean, I the watched. Guy, I watched. Uh, dude, you mentioned my name. Yeah. You just go Steve Trevino on his podcast, and my shit blew up. Like it was unbelievable. I was like, you know how sometimes you're like something happened today because your shit's fucking yeah. at like people added you like crazy, and you're yeah. like, oh, I wonder what happened today. And then all of a sudden, I'm getting these little things from which, by the way, it's really cool to me because. You're just Bert, right? Yeah. And people come, you know Bert Kreischer? And I'm like, yeah. If, if, yeah. If Hang on, it's my daughter, Isla. Mid-roll reads. Mid-roll reads. What are they? These are mid-roll reads. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Blue Apron. As you know, I and my whole family are huge fans of Blue Apron. I do believe that a family that eats dinner together and talks stays tighter. And I swear to God, I've got good, wholesome daughters because of Blue Apron. I firmly believe that. Now I've got healthy daughters because healthy can be delicious. Blue Apron told me so with their new health-conscious menus featuring a range of ready-to-cook meals with lean proteins, whole grains, minimal dairy, and flavor-packed produce. The new year is looking bright, and I'm in a weight loss challenge with Joe Rogan, Tom Zagura, and Ari Shafir, and I am looking good. Not on camera right now. My beard looks a little thick. Discover the balance with weekly recipes that range from grain bowls to curries to salads to stir fry. The beginning of the new year is a great time to reevaluate your lifestyle and your eating habits. Blue Apron believes healthy lifestyles start with a balanced relationship with food, knowing exactly what goes into each meal. And that is beautiful because you zest it, you chop it, you sear it, you season it, you plate it all from the comfort of your own home. These are chef designed, ready to cook meals, perfectly portioned inexpensive, meaning no meal is going to cost more than $10 per person. Forget it. Look at all the food on social media. Now we're taking time to plate my meals and really enjoy it. Come on in, Leanne. I'm talking about Blue Apron. How much do I love Blue Apron? There we go. That's a thriving endorsement. (laughs) And I remember why I love to cook. Blue Apron has exposed me to delicious recipes and cooking techniques like Fond. I love Fond. Blue Apron chef design recipes includes amazing specialty sauces, premium ingredient blends that would otherwise be difficult, expensive, or way too time-consuming to make. Create healthy mealtime routines that work for you in 2020. Check out this week's menu 
and get $60 off when you visit blueapron.com slash BurtCast. That's blueapron.com slash BurtCast. Blue Apron, feed your soul. I love it. I love it. And I love this spinach white bean pasta. Looks fucking awesome. Holy crap. Fig and goat cheese beyond burger. I can't wait to get that one. Spicy salmon, coconut vegetable curry, blue apron. Feed your soul. This episode of the Burtcast is brought to you by Whoop. Whoop is a longtime partner and the driving force behind Sober October with my buddies, Joe Rogan, Tom Segura, Ari Shafir. And to kick off 2020, we're all taking on a new weight loss challenge. Going on different diets, drinking tons of water is my plan, saunas, hot spin, different exercises. We want to see what kind of results we can get by the end of February. If you just woke up and you weren't following along, when I wore Whoop 24-7 to understand my impact of the no booze, no bud, no nothing lifestyle and that had sober October, the tracker changed my relationship with my body. It measures things like resting heart rate, heart rate variable, and sleep. The mountain of data is then analyzed by their algorithms that then pluck out the most important factors to help you change your daily behavior. You feel better when you sleep more. That's a no-brainer. But when you don't get enough sleep, your brain just doesn't work the right way. It tricks you into thinking that you don't have enough energy for your day, and it tells you you're hungry. By the way, that's why I've been eating all day, because I slept like shit last night, and my brain has been telling me I'm hungry. I just had Taco Bell. Less sleep eats to, leads to more eating. I'm not saying I'm going to stay in bed until March, but sleep for me is just as important as hitting the gym. Whoop is the best tool out there to help you get better sleep, and it even has a sleep coach, which will recommend the sleep you need to feel your best for the next day. If you want to be better or keep up with me and lose weight to kick off 2020, get over to whoop.com right now and use the promo code BIRD at checkout for 15% off your membership today. Hang on, it's my daughter, Isla. I'm concerned that she doesn't have a ride home. What's up, baby? Um, what? Taco Bell? I can't, I can't hear you. Taco Bell. I love Taco Bell. A little racist. Can we get it? Yeah, get it. Fuck yeah, get it. Yeah, there's a Mexican Mom, in the garage. Go get Taco Bell. Do you know how hard that is for me to get Taco Bell? I my can wife's get it. On the, my wife's on a diet. <laughs> I want, um, I want, Dad, what do you want? Dad is on a podcast. I want a podcast. I got to do a podcast. Beef Mexi Melts. Ten of them and a Mexican pizza. Very racist. All right, love you, baby. Love you. Get get fire sauce. Get fire sauce. Get fire sauce. Um, the uh, by the way, I know that uh, I I was with you. You were just saying I know you're Bert, and I'm cut you off. I, I, well, no, it's just like people are like, oh my god, you know Bert Kreischer, and oh. and it's weird. Like I get this sense of pride, like when guys that I rolled started with, and maybe you know all of us weren't. I wasn't friends with everybody, but we all were kind of. I if remember, we saw each other in a club, we hang out and had a beer. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and I I remember like, you know, Brett Ernst rolling up in his new car, and then I, soon after I had my new car. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we were all we all just kind of did this thing, and and it's funny when people go, "Oh man, you know, I, I'm going to uh, this week." Uh, Brett Ernst is filming his special in Jimmy Brett Kimmel Ernst, Comedy Club. Brett Ernst's right? fucking special was so fucking it, it, he's good. So funny. It man. was so fucking good. I texted him. And I was like, dude, this special, I got to be honest with you, that might be the new move is just throw your specials on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, you know, because at the end of the day, break them up into little pieces and put them out there. And just you know, let read people find it. My, my last special that's on Amazon Prime called Till Death uh, is probably the funniest special out. Um, I just broke it up into little pieces. And and it's funny because, you know, people go, man, don't you want to be on Fallon? Yeah, man, I would love to be on Fallon. 
150%. If Jimmy Fallon called today, I'd be on my knees sucking his dick because I love that show, right? Yeah. And what comic doesn't want to be on The Tonight Show? Yeah. However, when I put a video out, I get a million hits in three days. So I get the same ratings <laughs> that he does. Yeah. You know, and and you are creating the the fans that come out. And, and like I, I just, said, some I people don't just, even watch the fucking specials. I want to just cut the middleman out as much as possible and talk to my fans. Like talk, not to my, I, that sounds weird to my fans, but like. I call them family. It's fans what, is weird. Yeah, but here's what, here's someone said to me. I By the way, everyone that's listening to this podcast a lot is going to go, oh, here we go with this story. But this is really important because the, the, a couple things changed the way I looked at things, perspective-wise. I was in West Palm at New Year's Eve, and a guy came out shirtless in line to do the meet and greet. And he was, like, hammered. And he goes, I have to talk to you for, like, two minutes. You have to give me two minutes of your time. Bouncers grabbed him, and I was like, no, 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 I can right. listen to you. What's up? And he goes, I'm a fan. Do you know what that means? And I'm just brushing him off. I'm like, yeah, no, I, I know what that means. He's like, no, I, I don't think you do. He goes, you got to think of what you're a fan of. Like, I'm a fan. And he goes, it makes me happy when you succeed because I feel like I succeeded. He goes, because I picked you and I picked the right one. So <laughs> right. when you start succeeding, I feel like I told I'm you guys I'm, I'm succeeding. Right. And he goes, that's what a fan is. And he's like, don't underestimate that you have fans and they want to see you succeed. And then I so quickly flipped it around to like shit I'm a fan of. Now, at the time and to this day, and I know he's one of my friends, but I was a fan of Rogan's. I'm right. still a fan of Rogan's. When he got high with Elon Musk and my dad sent it to me, I felt like proud. I succeeded. Like I, I told was proud. you. He's like, fucking yeah. badass. I go, I told you. And when people go, have you listened to the Joe Rogan podcast? I was I That's my friend. That's I, go, my friend. I always go like, <laughs> yeah, it's one of the great, like I, I'm like, I'm always on his team. Now, I'm his friend. So this is, it gets complicated, but I'm, I'm also a fan. I've been a fan right. of Joe's for way longer than I've been a friend of Joe's. I've, I've watched news radio and he made me laugh my that, dick off. I mean, look, that's, what's fucking great about this business, right? You, people that you were fans of, you become friends with. I mean, you know, I'm in the airport. Dallas Airport and Tim Wilson, Tom Wilson, who is Biff. Yeah. Trevino, what's up? And I'm just like, the, like this little kid inside of me is like, yeah. did fucking Biff say Trevino, what's up? Walks up to me and we have a chat and I'm just like, I know that dude. It's, dude, it's, like, it's. And so that's when I started realizing it's okay to say fans because I do have fans. But then I started thinking like, who am I a fan of? And then this is like the biggest epiphany I've had in my career, probably. I I felt bad about promotion. I felt always felt embarrassed by it. I felt Me like too, it was cheap. Man. But and I feel like nobody gives a fuck. But like, one time I was home on a weekend, and Monday morning, one of my buddies called and said, "Man, we missed you at Wilco this weekend." I'm a big fan of Wilco. Jeff Tweedy. I said, "Is a band from Chicago?" I said, "Wait, what?" He was like, yeah, Wilco was at the Palladium. And I was like, are you fucking serious? And he was like, yeah, you, are we, I wish you could have been. Where, where were you this week? And I said, I was fucking home. Right, I could have been there. And I was like, wait, I follow Wilco on Instagram. I follow them on Twitter. They fucked me. Like, they fucked me. Like, I actually felt like, I was actually angry with Jeff Tweedy. And I right, thought, like, you're I supposed thought, to let me know. You're supposed to let me know. By the way, Jeff Tweedy, if you're listening to this, man, I got like 200 bucks It's yours every time you right. come to LA. Now, I don't mean this in like a, in, a, in like an elitist way. I got 200 bucks in my pocket. Ready to go. Ready to go. That's For all yours. You. Because I've been, right. you've got, brought me so much joy in life. Listening to your music. Times when 
driving my daughter home from the hospital first time. Right. And that and you came on and it was like, um memories. Memories. That every time you I want Jeff Tweedy to fucking hear this. Every time you come to LA, I got two hundred bucks at yours. So you let just me gotta, fucking you know. gotta let me know. Right. You motherfucker. Can you spend a dollar to take let me a time, know? <laughs> take a second to go, hey, right. I'm coming to fucking LA. Well, I know you're too cool to do that. And you're a musician you, and you're an artsy you dude. You get it too, right? Where after you leave the city, people go, what the fuck? Well, that's that's when I you started saying. Well, I, I said that to Jeff Tweedy in my head that m- m- Monday morning. And I was like, dude, this is fucked up. I'll buy your merch. I'm going to buy a tour poster. Right. I'm going to buy I'm gonna buy all these shirts. I go up and I go, give me one of all the shirts of my favorite band. Because I love you. I want to wear that everything. shirt. Every, I want to wear right. a new Wilco shirt every fucking day. I'll buy every shirt. Even right. if I don't like the cotton, I'll buy the I'll buy the VIP. Yeah. I'll buy the fucking. Dude, I'll buy your tickets. I'm going to buy tickets. I'm also going to buy tickets for three friends. I'm going to bring my wife <laughs> right. to another couple. Like, I will. And I'm going to drink a ton of beer. Right. I'm going to be there for you. I'm there for you, man. This is your money. It's sitting in my bank account waiting right. for you but to you take it. you didn't let me know. You didn't let me know. And so I got mad at him. And then I thought, who? I wonder if there's anyone out there that feels that way about me. And I thought, I bet there's. Let's a few. just say. Let's just say. I bet there's at least. A hundred people in a city that didn't know I was coming that would have bought a ticket. And they were and fucking they, and bummed. They, and then yeah. when they found out I was there, they were like, fuck. Yeah, and I, no. I I then flipped that responsibility around to myself and I said, your job is to make as many promotional, talk about your tour as much as possible because all I all we give a fuck about is people seeing us do stand-up. That's it. Right, I don't, that's all I care about. I don't yeah. care about, like, I know I'm very happy. It was very fun doing that television show. It was a great experience. I had a great time with right. the crew. I had a blast. Um, but that's not my. Fu- I didn't come out to Hollywood to. I want to do make that. I want to do stand up. Yep. I want to do specials. I want to just come up with an idea in the morning, tell it on stage, and I want people to laugh. That's right. all I. Fucking- I want people to slap the person next to them. I want to find. Yep. I love. This is why I love podcasting. Is because you find silly fucking moments with your friends, and then you just giggle. Like Bill Burr texted me this morning, and he goes, "Can you believe we get paid to do a to hang out for an yeah. hour every week it's or once insane. once a month?" Right. And I was like, that's crazy. I said to Tom the other day, I have a podcast with Tom and with Bill. I said to Tom, I said, dude, do you realize I feel like I'm stealing money? Because I just come here and I just- I want to see you anyway. Yeah, I want to see you. I don't get to see We're you We're going to bullshit anyway. We're going to talk and, shop. We're going to fucking go, say some stupid two shit. Two of my favorite comics, two of the best comics in our industry, I have an opportunity every month to sit down with them a couple times a month and hang out and just giggle. Right. And that's all I give a fuck about. That's really all I give a fuck about. And, so, and then you're going to pay me? And so then I said, so I just flipped my business around. And I was like, let's just work on promo videos. Let's really focus on that because I enjoy making right. them. I enjoy editing them. I go, let's make more promo videos. And let's just make everyone know I'm on tour. I want people I want people to go fucking enough, man. We get I it. want them right. to say, I want it. them you're to say that. Because once they start saying it, that means those hundred people that I never got to are I'm hearing, that, are hearing that I'm there. Right. And you don't have that same experience. That's my, that is my business plan. But it, it, it gets heavy, right? Because, like, you know, I talk about my relationship with my wife and, and us almost getting a divorce and all of that. And when you have people come up to me and go, you got me through cancer. You, without you, you know, we probably wouldn't be married anymore. And it gets fucking heavy, dude. dude. And it's a huge responsibility. And I, I, I take pictures with, and that's my fear, too, is after the show, there's not much time to party anymore. I meet everybody. Uh, I can't do that. But, but that's what I mean. That's yeah. what scares me is you get to a point yeah. where you go, look, I have to charge for meet and greet because I can only meet so I can only meet so many of you. I do a raffle. You know, I do a raffle. Yeah. It's a really great idea. And any any comic. Where did that idea come this. from, by the way? It's genius. Just, I just decided it was the easiest way to 
what I do is uh, you buy a ticket for a dollar. You can buy as many tickets as you want. Or you can buy no tickets. If you don't, if you don't really care about meeting me, that's totally cool. And I'm very cool. That. And, and, and yeah, and, and, and you know, it's genius. Secret time. If you spend, by the way, I say this, and if you just know this on the Birdie Boy World Tour that starts up next week, this week, is this week in Burlington, Vermont. If you buy $50 worth of tickets, we pull your ticket anyway. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> right, but, like, but we're like, hey, you're badass. Anyone yeah, that's yeah, spending yeah. 50 bucks to meet me, <laughs> right. we pull their ticket anyway. So you don't have to you're buy. Like, you're awesome. Yeah, no Thank one needs you. to buy $100 worth of tickets. Just <laughs> right. put, if you put 50 50's in, the minimum, you're getting right pulled. There, but you can put in, it's just, it's meant for people to go, <laughs> people to go. Has anybody else done this? It's fucking genius. No, no. And, it's, and, and I meet 30 people, 30, 60 people. We've raised it at times when it's bigger theaters and and um. Was I, and I met with a guy and I'm not going to name names, but you know he also managed. He was. I was looking for a manager last month, right? I needed a new manager. I, you know, you do the rounds, right? You meet yeah. fucking everybody. And one of the things that he said, he was like, "I'll make you a millionaire just in meet and greets." And I was mm -hmm. like, "I don't mm -hmm. want to be a millionaire." I don't have any. Pro I don't have a problem with guys who do like seven hundred dollar meet and greet tickets. I'm not mad at you. Yeah, I it's did just it, not I, me. I did it once with when when we were Sal. Uh, Nate Bargatze and Kyle Kinane we did I think it was like a $350 meet and greet and it was sucked so bad for the people that I was like they walked back and they're like hey and you're just like hey, before the show bucks, yeah you're like hi man. let's take a picture right. and it really it really it lends itself to classism of like only the wealthy get to right. do it and that, when, that's that's what that's my problem you know and and like I said man I came from I, blue collar my dad's a pipe fitter welder you know I want the I want the motherfucker that wakes up every day and goes to work you know, I, do, I drive down the road and I see these dudes working on the on the streets at night. I'm like, that's the real man. Yeah. Dude, that dude has fucking balls. That guy has integrity. That guy fucking loves his family. I want that dude to be able to come to my show and have a badass fucking time without breaking the bank. I, I've, I, there are times where I've heard that sediment. Like, I remember... <laughs> I remember... <laughs> I remember there was a guy in Philly. Uh, he came up to me and he was like, right before the show, he was like, dude, can I tell you why I like you? I was like, why? And he goes, your boy Tommy Buns, he's gotten to Hollywood, man. Guy's charging 35 bucks, 40 bucks for a ticket at the fucking, at the truck. Right. I, man, you know what I like about you? Fucking 30 bucks, 40 bucks. I come to see you and I can have a great night. I can get fucking drunk. I can laugh. Dude, stay real. Stay fucking real. And I was like, yeah. In my head, I went back and I was like, yeah, I'm a man of the people. Like, I don't need to charge more money for a ticket. I'm a man of the people. <laughs> right. I get on stage and I get on stage and this same guy is drunk as fuck heckling me. And you're like, that motherfucker. And they dragged him out of the club. <laughs> and I called Tom and Tom says, yeah, weed out the fucking losers. <laughs> He's like, money. fuck the guy that's only got 40 bucks to party. He <laughs> right. goes, go for the guy like that who found a woman who got his life together. <laughs> He's got his he goes, together. Tom's like, this is a single guy that's busy and moaning. <laughs> right, He's like, Bernie right. lives with his fucking grandmother. Right. Fuck that guy. Fuck that dude. Oh, but yeah. those. But it's complicated, man. It's fucking, yeah. it's, it's like there's this. Yeah, yes, because there's nothing the the worst. I don't get hecklers anymore. No, yeah. The heckler yeah. I get is the super fan. Yeah. Oh my god, sexy man! Oh, say Captain Evil, Cap. You know, and it's like yeah. shut the fuck. Like I, I can't even tell you to shut up. Mm -hmm. I love you, and it's like you're the fucking worst. You yeah. are the fucking worst. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm glad you love me. 
I'm glad that you're losing your shit. I'm glad that you know every fucking word of every act I've ever put out, but you gotta be fucking cool. Yeah, we had to kick out a bunch of people when I was in uh when I was in Cincinnati or Cleveland doing getting ready for my special. I was doing my warm-up shows and uh people were so out of control that I thought, did I pick the wrong city to come to? <laughs> right, right. Did I pick the wrong city well, to come to? I just remember them telling me in Tampa, they're like, Oh yeah, dude, Bert does a fucking skip work friday Ooh. drunk show and i'm like how the fuck does he do that we're we're uh it's that's one of the fucking funnest things i've ever done we're actually planning another one um well because tampa's home for you yeah oh no 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 i do it i did it all over the country no but that's where like yeah that's where i grew up yeah and like, like me you know corpus christi area is where i grew up that's where i first started selling tickets oh no it was, I, like, it was like back the home. first place i started selling tickets was dc Really? It was the first place I ever sold tickets. Thank you to Elliot in the morning. Uh, I went in, did Elliot in the morning, got drunk, and accidentally gave my wife's phone number out on the air and gave my password to Facebook. And people went And it, it, it was so... I sold out that whole weekend so quickly. That was the first place I started making money selling tickets. But the but I did, that's the first place I did call and sick to work. I called Elliot up. I said, <clears throat> I got an idea for a show this is before i was selling tickets really i was like i got an idea for a show he's like what is it and i go <clears throat> uh i go in i do radio with you i drink and then i go right to the club and, and i do, do stand up and he goes well, what do you mean i go we'll call it call and stick to work and i do it well i and i go i won't announce i'll announce it like week of and i'll just say everyone call and stick to work and th that'll be the fun like people won't go to work and it that and he was like, he was like, I, I would put it out. And he goes, I don't know if you're going to be able to sell it out a week, like a week in right. advance. Because uh, I wanted to do it the morning of. I just wanted to go in and, on Friday and go. It's happening. Follow I'm, me. I'm here. Let's go. And so he's like, he's like, let's just for safety, let's do it like two weeks out. And I went, okay. All right, whatever you want to do. So I called in to Elliot and I said, yeah, I'm doing this show. I told him the idea again on the air. And he's like, great. And I was like, tickets are available right now. And we talked a little bit. I hung up, and he called me back 10 minutes later on air, and he's like, it's sold out. And I went, what? Awesome. He was like, it's sold out. And I was like, fuck. I was, I, Great. I was so happy. I, We're getting drunk on Friday. I, I got drunk that morning. I was calling in. It was like 5 in the morning. I got I opened a bottle of champagne. I was like, that was the first time I ever sold anything out. I love it, dude. And You're then, like, fucking open the dom. And then everywhere I did, everywhere I did call and sick to work, sold out. Everywhere. It was the probably the first thing I did right in my career where I was like, I have an idea. I'm going to see if this works. And it, I did and it. It's going to work. Tampa, Philly was like a big one. I did Philly on Cinco de Mayo. Oh, fuck. Uh, I did, especially if you could pair it with a holly, holiday. Yeah, like Patrick's Day or That's so Cinco interesting you say that. That's so interesting you say that. That's so interesting dude, you say that. St. Patrick's Day would be a great way to say that. nuts, dude. I got one nuts. planned. I'm, but, doing but, a, I'm doing a big one. But it's cool when you, well, my biggest issue was the comp tickets. Yeah. Right. When I started selling tickets, when nothing made me more mad than people coming up to me going, I got a free ticket for you and I would have paid. I'm like, motherfuckers. Oh, you got to get rid of those. Oh, that's gone now. Yeah, yeah, but I'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah. several years ago, because when I went viral, I called up Brea and I go, look, I don't know what's happening, but give me a Wednesday. I sold that in 45 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. Which, by the way, I think you're the only one to sell out the new Brea completely. Oh, for real? That's what I heard. Oh yeah, well that, I heard the yeah. check they fucking cut you, dude. I was like, "Fucking hey, <laughs> good for you." <laughs> that was the biggest check I'd ever gotten. Doesn't it trip you out though? Like, yeah. I don't know how long you've been with your wife, but probably as long as I have. But 
dude, me and my wife are partners. We're homies. We're in this together. Yeah. You know, and I mean, we'll look at our checks and just be like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and I'm that, not making nearly the money. I mean, I don't have fucking uh, garage oh, man cave money, you know? No, yeah, no. But, the, uh, the, the, um, yeah, there's, there's a, it, it's really nice to go from a place where you're making $900 and then you make more than, like, more than you ever thought you'd make in a weekend. You, it's really nice. But I think dude, at the same time, it's like, my goal was 10 grand. I go, if I can make 10 grand a week. Dude, my goal was five thousand dollars. I'm like, if I could just make ten grand a week, I, I, like, that would make my, I, I'll be so fucking happy. I, when I got my first TV show, my, I got paid five thousand dollars a week. I was, I did the like, math oh, incorrectly. I was on the corner of Franklin and Vine with my buddy Eddie Fernandez, and I said, he, I got the call, and they're like, you got the X show. It's five thousand dollars a week, and I was like, oh my god. Hung up. I looked. I go, Eddie, I'm making five thousand dollars a week. We did the math wrong. We both looked at each other, and I said, I'm gonna, be, I'm a fucking millionaire. <laughs> it's that's done yeah how like, many weeks well it's fucking i go i'm a right. fucking millionaire count it and so and so i my goal was to get back because i i then did you know a couple of shows and then get on the road i was like if i can get back to five grand a week life's great and i remember when i got my first set of offers for five grand was that after birth to conqueror no it was before birth to conqueror the the offer was five grand Oh no! I'm, I'm I'm wrong about this. I remember when I got my first round of offers, and I was going to make a hundred thousand dollars in a year. You were like, "Fuck it!" I I remember where my desk. I remember where in important moments in my life, for especially when we lived in this one apartment, I remember where my desk was positioned. Right. We moved this desk to like three different places. This is when the desk was against the stairs, and I remember being like, "I can't fucking believe." I'm gonna make six figures from stand up. Doing telling dick jokes. Telling dick jokes. And I did. I was awesome. like, and I was like, now that's not even bonuses. That's guaranteed. I remember going, right. my guarantee. That's happening. I make that's happening. Right. I'm making a hundred thousand. I was right. so proud. And I came oh, home. Oh, dude, I would be stressing the fuck out at Christmas. At Christmas, I'd be like, dude. I have no fucking bookings. Zero. And then I would get a call like almost at Christmas where they're like, all right, dude, we have some fucking dates for you. And I'm like, oh my God, thank God. See, dude, I stressed out at Christmas. I remember going, I remember going Christmas shopping for the girls. And I remember distinctly, I know this will sound catty, but seeing good looking, wealthy parents loading their thing up with presents. And you're just, a and I couldn't asshole. afford anything. Yeah. And I remember being like, I remember getting angry at Leanne that we were poor. When it was my fault, <laughs> right, right, I remember right. being angry at I her. I was so mad all the time, dude. I I used to tell him, like, I, I gotta do fucking Mexican jokes, because like, like, look, man, just to make it so you understand, yeah. In the history of stand up comedy, in the history, there's only been one Mexican American to ever have a show. One, Gabriel just got one now, so that makes yeah. two. So in the history of television, of stand up comedy. So the odds of me even George fucking, Lopez, George Lopez. Yeah. So the odds of me even fucking making it are insane. There's, you know, I got really fascinated. By the way, I'm not gonna. I don't want to. I won't say names, but I'll say it's Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, I got fascinated at the the hierarchy in Mexican Mexican comedy. How like not everyone's out to help each other. That no, they're not. And and you know, look when, when I when I met Jesus. The guy had three minutes, but it was the funniest fucking three minutes you'd ever seen. Yeah. He was the sweetest human being, which he still is. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to help him. 
And I've made my mistakes, you know, coming up with Jesus, but I wasn't, I was doing the best I could at the time because I didn't have, I was lucky they would even let me bring him. Yeah. I was in that situation. You know what I mean? And I would beg to bring him. But I, my goal with Jesus was, hey man, let's divide and conquer. Let's get you really fucking funny so that we can then help people. Like I'll help you. You get fucking badass, and then you go help. And I yeah. think Jesus is on that tip too, right? Where yeah, well, where he's, he's, he's just he's a yeah, he's just such a sweetest guy. He's the sweetest dude in the world. But I mean, just to put it in perspective, there's only been four Latinos on HBO ever, and all four of them who Mencia, yeah, Paul Rodriguez, yeah, George Lopez, and Felipe Esparza. Guess where they're all from? Los Angeles. Really? So in the history of HBO, all the stand-ups they've ever put on the air, Netflix has only made one special from Netflix for a Latino. One. Fluffy? Fluffy. So just to give you an Hold example. I can't, can't be right. I, I'm, I'm, believe me, I live in that world. Yeah. You know, and like I said, and guess where Gabriel's from? Los Angeles. Is he? Yeah. I'm a kid yeah. from Gregory, Portland, Texas, who is not LA. What chance do I have? Well, it's, I don't. I think isn't that just, crazy? I I can't believe that the that it seems like diversity is reached out when it comes to LBGTQ. Gabriel women. Iglesias was selling out arenas before Kevin Hart ever was. Mm -hmm. Kevin Hart's the biggest movie star in the world. Gabriel Iglesias just now got a TV show, and Gabriel Iglesias was selling out arenas way before Kevin Hart ever did it. Gabriel Iglesias, I was I just talked to him on He's the a podcast. monster. He's he is a different. That is a that's a weird that's a really weird career when you think about it. When you go, he would sell out two weekends in a row in Ontario. Yeah. But every Mexican comic's been that way. George Lopez was already selling out. He was already a millionaire when he got his TV show. They didn't put him on HBO until he had a TV show. Gabriel Iglesias was already a millionaire before he got a TV show. It's never been the other way around. Mencia, the same thing. Mencia was already selling tickets way before. He got a TV show. So in order, in or, like, I have to take that path where I have who, to go. Who was, who were the, the three Mexican comics that did the. Three Amigos. Three Amigos. Freddie Soto, God rest his soul. Dude, I'm fascinated by Freddie Soto. That guy would have been the biggest comedian on earth. Was he Mexican? He was Mexican American from Texas. He was from El Paso. Yeah. Um, it was, it was Pablo. Well, originally it was Mencia, George, and Paul. Because those were the three biggest Latinos at the time doing stand up. It was Lopez, yeah, Mencia, and Paul, and Paul Rodriguez. Rodriguez. They couldn't get along, so then Mencia was like, "Fuck you, I'm gonna do it anyway." So then he did Pablo Francisco, Freddie Soto. I was on that tour. Yeah, I was on that tour. That's where I met Freddie. That's where I fell in love with Freddie. Uh, Freddie, Freddie, and I have a had a beautiful relationship. Um, but then, so then Paul Rodriguez and George go, "Fuck you, we're doing Latin Kings of comedy." So then the, they split. And then they did Latin Kings of Comedy, and then Mencia, Pablo, Pablito, and Freddie did the Three Amigos. Wow! But no, but nobody has had commercial success other than George Lopez. So, in the history of comedy, what That's what's so crazy? When I started comedy, I started comedy stand up in '99. It's when I when I walked mm. into an improv to work the door. At that point, there was zero famous Latino comedians. Paul Rodriguez had had been on HBO and that was it. Mencia had been on HBO. I think I, I would I would have known I would have known Paul Rodriguez at that time. 
I, when Only because he was in like DC Cab or something. Right. But when George, I remember George coming through the Addison Improv when I was waiting tables there and going, oh my, like he would sell everything out. Ad shows, the whole fucking thing. I'm like, yeah. it's the funniest dude I've ever seen. I was with George in Austin opening for George when Sandra Bullock's sister came up to him and was like, I'm bringing Sandra Bullock to your show tomorrow. She has a deal at ABC. She has to see you. And then the next day, Sandra comes in and then Sandra's the one that had the TV show at ABC. So George didn't get a TV show. Sandra Bullock had the TV show and she gave it to George. Really? Yeah. George Lopez is an interesting guy. Is he cool? No. <laughs> if I'm being honest, no. He's he, well, he, he, But he's sad. He's sad inside. Really? And that makes me sad. What's, it, what's, it, what's he sad about? He's not a happy dude, man. Really? He's just not a happy guy. And, and you know, he... I think he battles with his past. I mean, you know, things happen to me in my past that I've I've really worked hard to fucking get over for the sake of my wife, for the sake of my child, right? Yeah. I just don't think I think George never got over it, you know. Really? And, and George and I have had our spats. I mean, what was uh, what what know. happened in his past? Just like parenthood? Parents <laughs> and I look, I might be misquoting, so, you know, yeah. uh, from what I understand, his parents left him with his grandma. Grandma and grandpa raised him, right? He had huge separation, you know, he has issues you know you see the guy get on stage and he's mad at eric estrada because when he was 18 years old eric estrada didn't shake his hand and sign an autograph for him and it's like guy you're 40 <laughs> you're almost 50 get yeah. the fuck over it dude you're gonna get on hbo you waited to get on hbo to fucking call eric estrada out that's some deep shit, man. You know what i mean yeah. so you know and and i remember yeah you're gonna ask Jesus about this one we uh I see Jesus and I walk across the street to go see Ted Nugent at the House of Blues. Mm -hmm. And we end up up uh, uh, upstairs hanging out and George walks in and Jesus is like, oh my God, George Lopez. I'm like, dude, I know George, he's a dick. So I go over to George and George is three sheets to the wind. Steve, I'm gonna help you and blah, blah, blah. Call me tomorrow, let's talk, let's do it. And Jesus is like, it's happening, dude. Fucking, I heard him tell you that. And I go, watch what happens. No phone call back, no email, right? Yeah. And Jesus is like, what the fuck happened? I heard him tell you. And I'm like, but but look, you have to understand that when you're a Mexican comedian, you have to work so fucking hard to get anything that by the time he got it, he was like, fuck all of you guys. Yeah. Right? I worked my fucking ass off but to I get heard, here. I heard about the yeah. beef between him and Mencia. Yeah. Like where he like choked him out or something. Yeah, yeah at, the, at the Laugh Factory. And then- but then you then you hang out with George and he's the fucking sweetest, coolest dude you ever met in your life. I've never met him. Yeah, you know, but I've but never you met him. but he's just you know what I mean. And then there's other times where, you know, Gabriel gave uh, Jerry Rocha, who's extremely funny. I know Jerry from uh, from Houston. He's fucking hilarious, right? He gave Gabriel got produced a special for him, and I tweeted out, I go, good for you, Gabriel, helping people when things that George should have done. Yeah. So then George call me Steve, right? And I'm like, look, George, I go, we have a problem. In Hollywood. And the problem is that somebody as talented as me, somebody as talented as Jesus, we're not breaking because we need help, man. And he goes, yeah. well, fuck you, Steve. Where's my buddy cop movie? I go, who's going to be your buddy? Bring motherfuckers up. Yeah. Prior brought people up. That's the one Eddie, thing that, you know, that's the one thing that I think that Rogan really changed the game in. I mean, dude, Rogan, the fucking game. Was if like, you were fucking remotely friends with Rogan, he helped you. He made sure that he put you over. 
because he is a, and, I, and it sounds uh, no homo, but he's a confident man. Yeah. Rogan is just a confident man. He 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 definitely was like. He's, he's uh, not worried about you. He's no, not worried oh, about no. Ari. You're, he's not worried about. There's no. I mean, he, would, he was to the point where he would be like, hey, man, if you ever need help selling tickets, let me know and I'll tweet it out for you. I remember one time being like, I was going to Portland and uh, and I don't think I'd moved any tickets there. And I called Rogan. And I was like, hey, man, would you mind tweeting for me? He goes, of course. He goes, send me what you want tweeted and I'll just <laughs> copy it and paste it. Smash. Fucking weekend's done. Right. And you're like, and all it took is, once again, it's like people not knowing. But yeah, I, that bums me out. So there's some there's some kind of insecurity within the community. Yeah, and that, so my goal with Jesus, when I saw him, I go, this guy's fucking talented. He's funny. He's Mexican-American. He's great, right? Yeah. And he, and he needs the help, right? So I helped him, and I told him, I go, I go you don't want to be my guy. No, you don't want to be anyone's guy. I told, I go, I, I've said that to go, every guy I've worked yeah. with. I was like, don't be my guy. Don't Trust be my me. guy. I go, Bert asked you to work. You fucking work. Pauly Shore asked you to work. You fucking work. I go, and yeah. I will give, you don't have, I go, I'm here to give you weeks when you don't have weeks. Yeah. I'll always, I, I told yeah. all the guys on this tour, I said, give me your available weeks. I, I'll, if I can put, book all of you, I'll book all of you. Right. Um, but like, I was always like, you got it. But maybe the best thing that ever happened to me, you know, was the, was the, you know, when me and Jay got into our beef and we stopped being friends, that separation I realized for the first time, like really realized, I was like, oh, I'm alone in this business. Yeah. Like, this is just my flight. Like, I'm the only, I, I remember. I went through that too. You know, I, I went was through like, that. Oh, you, it was so, it's so comfortable to be some guy's guy and be like, yo, oh, he tours with dot, 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 or he right. tours with dot, dot, dot. And I remember I was like, I was like, I will, I remember saying, I will never go on stage before another person ever again Anymore. Yeah. for the rest of my career doesn't matter how big that person is and i've had opportunities right. where like big big comics are like hey man i'm doing a huge venue we should do, do you it wanna, do you want to open up for me right. and i'm like i don't open for anybody yeah like I, liner, this man. is bert's yeah. race i remember and it's a cool feeling to be at the like i was at the wilbur one time and i my the first time i did it and i was backstage and i thought so funny man it's just me like you know and right. if you had a band you'd be like celebrating with everyone but it's just, just me, me to celebrate like that I sold out to Wilbur and I was like well, that, see that helped me move when I moved to Texas that happened for me well that's it seems like you really popped when you moved to Texas because I was like fuck everybody fuck everybody I'm not worried about what that Mexican American comedian's doing I'm not worried about what Burt Kreischer's doing as a matter of fact it changed for me that I'm so happy now right I'm oh fuck you know, I, you know your fucking shit went viral with you dancing with your shirt off and I was like Dude, that's my bro, man. Look at yeah. this shit going fucking viral. That shit's hilarious. So your mind has to change into it's my race. It's, it's just my me. shit. You, and by right? the way, I've had people critique me and say things like, "I can't believe you do that," or like, "Wait, man, I wouldn't be doing stuff like that." But it's genuine to you. I, but I it's just you. go. I go. It's what I want to do. I remember. And this, you're, I don't a, mean you're, this. A, you're a fun fucking. You, this, that, and that's another thing that makes me mad too. It's like when when I do see like a comment like that, where I'm like, Bert doesn't do anything he doesn't want to fucking do. It's, and Bert doesn't yeah. need the fucking money. So he it's, does it because he thinks that you'll fucking enjoy it. I just want the people that do enjoy it to enjoy it and know I'm coming to their town. That's it. That's right. my only. And I, I said to, um, I remember one time I, I, my special was premiering on Netflix and I thought what I'll do is I'll, um, I'll, I'll go around to all my friends at the store with my phone and be like, landscape mode. Hey, uh, how do you enjoy a comedy special? And so, I'll make these videos of all these guys 
you know, um, oh, I like to get drunk. I think you should watch it by yourself. You should watch it with a group of friends. Right. You know, and I was Bill, Sebastian, Jake, I, I think Tom, maybe Rose. I forget. It was everyone that was at the store, whatever night. Right. Dalia, Jim Florentine, and uh, and Sebastian looked at me at the end and he goes, and by the way, you could see this as shitty. I don't. I see this as like a compliment in a weird way. He goes, he gets done doing it. He looks at me and he goes, I would never do that in a million years. Who said that? Sebastian. Right. And I what go, are you doing? I go, why? And he goes, ah, it makes me uncomfortable. Like, didn't that doesn't make you uncomfortable? And I went, oh, of course it does. And he goes, then why do you do it? And I go, Sebastian, I want people to see my special. Right. And I go, and I don't have a big reach. I need Help, to do, right. I need to do everything I can. And he looked at me like, that's right. Like, that's what we all did to get in this business. Right. We all were awkward and uncomfortable and walked up to a club and we're like, do you guys have an open mic night? Right. Maybe I'd get a job here because I was like to be a comedian. Right. And then everyone's like, you think you're funny? Every yeah. one of us had to do that. I just never stopped doing it. I just was right. always like that humility that I brought when I tried to get into stand up to the Boston Comedy Club. And I said, I'll do anything. I'll mop up or whatever. The same humility is with me today where I go, I'll do whatever the fuck. Like, I'll. I'll that's get what, I'll get the speedo and dance if that's what it takes to get people to come see my that's shows. That's what drives me crazy about you know. I, I, and by the way, I don't I don't bring in any anybody new anymore. Uh, I just don't right. Yeah. Um, I just keep the crew that I have, and you know, I used to be really big into you know taking Tony Hinchcliffe on the road or or Matt Edgar or Jesus or Francisco Rom. You know, yeah. where I'm like, come on, guys, take on the road. And now I got my guys and I'm good. But you know, if I if I talk to a young comic and I go, hey. You should do this road gig with me. And the first words out of their mouth are, how much am I going to make? You're fucking done. Where am I going to stay? You're fucking done. You're done, guy. I don't want you on the road. Wow, that's a really, yeah. I, I, I remember hearing, I remember someone was like, I remember my manager was like, hey, uh, this person will feature for you in dot, 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 but they want dot, dot, dot. And I went, who the fuck? I go, tell them I'm going to pass. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, you know, we're having a hard time. I go, no, I'll do the show by myself. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I can do two hours yeah. on stage. I don't need this person. Right. They're just getting an opportunity. And then they call back and he's like, oh, he'll do it for the regular price. And, and no, I was no like, you're done. Yeah. And I was like, by the way, I said he'll do it. It was a she. So, I, but I was like, I was like, no, 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 they're no. done. And and I just wouldn't work with them. I was like, fuck them. No. And by the way. That's I, what I loved about Jesus. I mean, Jesus was, you know, at that time for me, I was hustling trying to keep these headlining gigs for no money. Yeah. And Jesus was right or die. Jesus was like, I don't give a fuck. I'll sleep in the car with you, Steve. I'll sleep on the floor with you. Dude, Let's go. I, I, I remember I remember listening to Amy Schumer. At, she was at my house having dinner with her boy, then boyfriend at the time. I think I ended up being her tour manager. But uh, she was having dinner and she got a call from her agent or her, from her booking agent. By the way, I never spoke to my agent on the phone ever. She got a call and they were like, and by the way, she wasn't fucking famous. I think she'd been on Last Comic Standing, but we had both done this Reality Bites back show right. that no one saw. And she, they were like, hey, uh, Attell wants you to feature for him. And she was like, what date? And they, she said, and he was, she was like, yeah, I can only do it for like, it's got to be like a thousand. Or I want to say, I want to say she said 3,000. I know she didn't. Right. But it was like an aggressive number, 1,500. And I remember went, I remember it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And she was like, yeah, then I won't do it. And I go, I want to be like, I'll do it for free. Well, I, like, I'll go. I, yeah. I'll go. Women right. have, not to, not to, ever, not, not to, not to look, ever class this out into men versus women. Women have always been more confident asking for more money in comedy. Yeah, but I also think that there's a type of 
person and the type of comedian that that like demands shit and it works right like and you you know like me you go to these comedy clubs and like so and so was here last week what a pain in the fucking ass yeah right this guy is a pain in the ass he's a dick but we want him back and it's like why i never understood how those people got through but they're like and they're like i and i've never asked for a dollar right i even to this day i they here's an offer steve i'm like cool and then my manager's like hey whoa hold on steve and i'm like i'm just happy to be doing stand-up comedy you remember like, I'd, we'd all hear horror stories about eddie griffin Oh like, Jesus Christ! Every, like you, but he continues to work. He works all the time, and that you would just Harry Spears. You would hear horrible fucking stories, and you'd be like, "How come they get to work?" Like I feel like if I did that, I'd I be would, gone. Yeah, I, and, but, but but then you know, I, I look. I, I think at the end of the day, if you're good, the cream always rises to the top, right? And, yeah. and my, my goal was like, look, I just want to be a good stand-up comedian. I want to be a really good stand-up comedian. I want to be very good at what I do. And, and it's gotten more serious for me now that, and you're probably the same way where when I'm getting ready to film a new special, I mean, I work on that thing. I have my friends help me and that thing is fucking tight. Yeah. You know, and I take What's, it very What is the next, what is the next step for you? I want to do another special. Yeah. Um, I also want to show Hollywood cause I, I, I've had zero opportunities from Hollywood. Zero. I've never had a TV show. I've never had a deal. I've never had a script deal. I've never... Uh, nothing i've never been offered a special everything i've done on my own yeah uh this next special if i have to do it on my own i will but i will show uh hollywood and the world that i sell tickets and that i am a force to be reckoned with so i'm gonna film a special i you know uh, i care so much about the veterans and that's one of the things that i get behind so i'm gonna do a huge special in front of a bunch of veterans and show america that i'm the fucking best comedian out there um doing what i do yeah right um and just continue to put out those specials like i said man I, i'm i'm mexican-american that you know i have to become gabriel iglesias before we get a tv show i mean that's it, crazy it's a damn shame that gabriel's been selling out arenas for the past 15 years and he's just now getting a tv show it's insane that is really when you there's hear something that, wrong. that is fucked up there's something wrong i'll tell you the best Jesus Trejo is as talented as he is and he's not where's his deal where's his sitcom where's you know what i mean yeah and, and it's like and myself pablo francisco um you know there's a lot and felipe finally got his felipe deserves his felipe is fucking hilarious but i'm also i'm not them I'm very. I'm a very different Mexican American. Very, very different, and that's what I think. Than, that's where things you know. should go. Is that you know it's so funny. I think Hollywood sees Mexican as one thing. Yeah, they and don't. That's the immigrant. That's yeah. the you know. I was on welfare. My parents came from Mexico. Right. There's a pattern, which is funny because that pattern are the four people that got on HBO. Yeah. Is the Oh, the immigrant story. Yeah. You know, I don't have that story. You know, I'm Mexican-American, but- where, where it was like the one thing, like, uh, do you remember when your your mom would bring him McDonald's? I don't know the George Lopez's right. bit, but like something like that. Yeah, where Mexicans were like, different, bro. Yeah. You know, we're just different. And they don't know? have enough room for just a guy who hunts and fishes and-, and Family man. Yeah, family know? man. Like just, just happens to also be Mexican. Right, right. I think it's, if you grew up in Texas, you're like, yeah, 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 those guys exist too. Like I grew up in Florida- Q, like whatever people think Cuban but, but is. But I do think that Al Madrigal gets that pass, right? Al Madrigal gets to be the Mexican-American that's not your stereotype. But Al's half. 
Yeah. Right. But still, I mean, Al's an extreme talent. You know that. But Al does get a little love and the and the idea that, hey, come play the Mexican dude at the comedy store for the TV show. Yeah. Uh, well, I forget what it's called, but something's burning. No, that's my name of my cooking show. Oh. Jesus uh, Christ, I'm fucking. But you know stupid. what I mean? So, you know, my goal is to continue to do what I do, be fucking good at it. Yeah. And get on the radar of Hollywood. Do you have your do you have your your sitcom idea already? Yeah, absolutely. Why don't we just shoot it at all things comedy? I would love to. Just shoot it and just shoot a pilot. Look, man, as a Mexican American, every time I see a pilot, because we get to see all the pilots, right? Yeah. It's like fucking this shit again? The fucking taco again? Yeah. The fucking hey, my grandma also lives at our house. Like what the Abuelita. Fuck? Right. Abuelita has a crazy accent. Ven acá, por favor. Right. So, you know, for me, it's like, I I happen to know that Mexican-Americans like myself are ready for that. Oh, they're like me. Right. Right. I want to be as, as, as Jewish as, um, what's the show? Uh, the Goldbergs. Yeah. I want to, you know, they're clearly a Jewish family, right? But they're American as fuck. Yeah. Ray Romano was clearly an Italian family. But they're just American. Right. Yeah. That's what I want to be for America. You know, the big thing right now is Spanish speaking comedy. Which is so, it pisses me the fuck off. (laughs) Why? Because it's a step backwards. Because because Hollywood already thinks that that's what the fuck we are. Yeah. And all we're doing is fucking letting them know, yes, that this is what we are. Segura's planning a big tour through South America. And I'm like, Tom. Yeah. He's like, I I was like, are you getting me too? He was like, what? I go, what is this backup plan you got? This fucking this safety safety hatch. But it, again, to me, it's like going backwards, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I don't now, know. I think I'm not mad at Tom. No, yeah. Do your thing, man. Do your, th- I'm never, let me, let's just, and I hate to dive into this because I do have to go. Yeah, I, I got to get you work. out of here. Uh, but for example, HBO has this incentive. Oh, we're going to get on the Latino tip. They fucking put all of our Latino comics on HBO and a, a Latino. Yeah. We're not good enough to be on fucking HBO. They offered me one. Yeah. HBO goes, oh, I had finished my hour till death, which is on Amazon Prime. And we went to HBO and HBO goes, we don't want that, but we'll give Steve a half hour on HBO Latino. And I went, go fuck yourself. I don't want to be on fucking HBO Latino, which by the way, HBO Latino, 90% of it is in Spanish. Yeah. And now you're doing English stand up to, right? And all the Mexican American comedians, good for them, because they got to get what they got to fucking get. Yeah. Right? They got to do what they got to do. But I'm like, really, HBO? We're not fucking good enough to be on HBO? Al Madrigal's not good enough to be on HBO? Al Fuck, Madrigal's fucking, fucking so talented. Fucking dude's hilarious. Yeah. I'm not good enough to be on HBO? Something's wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I do. So for me, I keep doing my stand up. I keep showing the world what the fuck I do, how I do it. My wife is Mexican-American. My son's Mexican-American. We're very proud to be American. And if I can show that family on TV it, with my spin and my mind, mm-hmm. then it's a hit. I just need somebody to have the fucking balls to go. You have to understand that these executives, the only Mexicans that they deal with are their maids and gardeners. By the way, I was about to say, clean their houses. Right. So when they talk to me and I pitch them, because I have pitched, and I pitch them my show, they look at me and go- so fucking fascinating. They go, would Maria, my maid, watch this show? Probably not. 
That's so funny. That's that right. Crazy? The only Mexicans they know. It's like I I I know you I know mean, me. I, well, no, but just but yeah, but just because as comics we have this, we have a real wide berth of friends. Oh, fucking everybody. Yeah, we yeah. know everybody, and and so that's why when people go, uh, you know, say I my sensitivity levels are off because like one of my good friends is Donnell Rollins. So how are you right. gonna fucking you know like? But you, Donnell Rollins, my wife, my and wife, probably, Justin Martindale would all sit at a table. Yeah. Fucking chum it up with. Theo Vaughn, yeah, you know what I mean. And but my wife probably only really knows the Mexicans that like work here. Yeah, that work here. That's so funny, Steve. I never thought of it that way. So they have. That's why when they see the George Lopez, the Felipe Esparza, that L.A. urban Latino, they go, yeah. "That's it. That's the guy." And they don't realize that Mexican Americans are all over this country. Yeah, especially in Texas. New Mexico, Arizona. Somewhere camouflage you know. hats. Dude, you know how, yeah. You know how fucking great it is when I have Mexican-Americans come up to me and they go, thank you. Fucking thank you. Thank you for not perpetuating the stereotype. Thank you for not being a fucking uh, on welfare drug addict. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for not doing piñata jokes. Because it's time, right? The time has come. I tell people all the time, George Lopez, amazingly talented. Yeah. I remember watching George and falling on the ground laughing. He was big in the 90s, right? Yeah. That means that his fans' kids are in their 30s, and you're trying to sell the same shit. That's crazy. They they are kids of people that love George Lopez that experienced that thing, but they experienced something evolved. totally. They evolved. They right. they're, they're just... They're more American than they are Mexican, I think, at times. Like I tell you, know, I had a, a black comic friend of ours go, you're so lucky to be Latino. And I go, why? And he goes, because, you know, you get that Latino crowd. And I go, really? I go, let me, and I told him the same stats that that you have, right? Yeah. That I told you. And I go, listen, man. I go, imagine if you're a black guy or a black person in America and your only example of the black community is Cat Williams. <laughs> the only comic you have is be, Cat Williams. That would be horrible. That's how it is for me. Yeah. That's how it is for the Mexican American in this country. Only a hundred roles last year were cast for Latinos. One hundred. Of those hundred roles, sixty percent of them were rapists, murderers, drug dealers, and represented as low income. Uh -huh. But that's not who I mean, I and this I know this but, is a but, stupid statement, but that's not who Mexicans are. But what does the white guy in fucking middle America see? Right? Through the media. Mm -hmm. what does he see on tv what does he see in movies he goes well that's what they are right well there they are and then they go and then that guy goes hunting with you and in the middle of the hunting trip goes wait you're mexican yeah, yeah right 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 oh, i thought you're just dark right. irish yeah what the fuck i thought you were italian i get that a lot yeah italian you're, you're yeah. not italian i'm Trevino, like no, I'm, right i'm mexican american so yeah. it's a trip man and and, yeah. and what's funny is you're not racist mm. you're my friend so you don't think about it right you don't you don't step back and go wait a minute trevino's odds of making it are so fucked I don't think about that at all. Right, right. Jesus's odds of making it are so fucked. Jesus is yep. way more Mexican than you, though. <laughs> right. Which, which like he's so Mexican he can't swim. I'm hoping, yeah. I'm hoping that that'll help him because he he's from Los Angeles. He's Mexican as fuck, right? It's fucking. He grew up mowing lawns. Like, <laughs> right, 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 right. He's fucking. His dad has a machete. <laughs> like right, it, right, it, right. he is very. He fucking. has to go to the hospital with his parents to translate. Like, Man, he is. Oh yeah, he is. That kid's a fucking warrior. 
but he's super fucking talented. He really right? is. And, I'm going to see him this weekend. Well, tell him I love him and that I'm rooting for him and and that I miss him. I, I will. Do. I miss him. Oh, fuck yeah. Well, yeah. dude, what, what, tell me what dates you have to promote. I'll get you out of here. I know you got your show. Ooh, let's see what we got going on. Let me pull this out comes the, out. Uh, this comes out this right now. Let me pull out the uh, old calendar. Uh, a lot of good shit going on. February. Oh, I'm doing uh, Punchline Sacramento. I'm doing Stand Up Live. When are you doing Phoenix. Sacramento? Uh, Punch. When? I'm doing that um, February 6th through the 9th. I'm in Sacramento February 7th. <laughs> we got a party. <laughs> well, we're partying for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then Stand Up Live. Uh, and then I'm doing Helicopters for Heroes, which is uh, an organization that me and my friends put on every year. And we take wounded veterans in helicopters and they shoot pigs out of the helicopters. It's fucking cool. Uh, do you um, videotape that? Yeah. Helicoptersforheroes.com. You got to check it out. Uh, then I'm doing the Hard Rock in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, and I'm then, in Fort Lauderdale May 2nd. And then Ontario Improv uh, after that. Nice. Uh, always touring, man. You know that. Yeah. Do you stay on the grind? It's like, it's, it's, I want to know what I'd do if I didn't tour. Yeah. I mean, there's times. And then what's weird is I, I'll like, fuck it. I'm taking a week off. And then yeah. I'm fucking out of my mind. Like, this is yeah. boring. What are we doing? You know, my wife's like, let's go to the house in Rockport. I'm like, that's fucked it. I want to go on the fucking road. Yeah. You know. I'd rather be at the Omaha Funny Bone with Colleen. <laughs> yeah. I love you, my brother. Dude, Thanks I love you too, me, man. Congrats on all your success. And uh, I'm glad you got the memo on the red shirt, sweatpants. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, the fat, it, it's the fat guy outfit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love you, Bert. Love you too, brother. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.